take a dump. I don't have the permit. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, March 13th, 2014. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 599er. This is No Agenda. Ten things you need to know about great sex on this show. From Fimo Region 6 and Travis Heights Hideout in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm freshly back from Silides by SW, whatever the heck it was called anyway, I'm John C. Dvorak. Blood and Buzzkill. In the morning. You didn't even do a good fake with me on Twitter, let alone that you can you messed up the opening about it. It was time-consuming. You didn't, uh, you didn't. I was having too much fun partying. <laughs> Here I am tweeting. With at the real Dvorak backstage at Coldplay. <laughs> Do you know that people actually emailed me about that? Yeah, what'd they say? Dude, that's so gay, man. You can't go to Coldplay. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. you, so you embarrassed yourself. I did. And, and what I, is, what's gay about Coldplay? Coldplay is not, it's, come on, Coldplay is not like a, this is not a rock. It's Coldplay. I don't. I don't follow it. Let's put it this way: They're no Green Day. Oh, oh, it's a band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. I was gonna complain about how I got really sick from people spitting in my face at South by Southwest until you know this morning. Those talkers, ah, you Dutch talkers. Oh, yeah, until well. I until I heard this morning that you know some people died. <laughs> Die at least. Yeah, you heard about that, right? No. Ah. Oh. Uh, so, and this will be interesting. So, last night around twelve or around midnight, um, some guy tried to avoid a DUI checkpoint on uh, Red River, Red River and Tenth, I believe, and he wound up uh, uh, driving the wrong way down Ninth Street, turning, uh, you know, plowing through. 23 people uh, wow. hitting a moped, killing those two people, then slamming into a cab, finally, you know, uh, getting out, uh, hoof, you know, trying to run away, and then the cops tased him and, and got him. Sounds like a war zone. The, the, the crazy thing was, this guy was in a Prius. Yeah, that's, uh, for some reason, that makes the ultimate sense to me. And Drunk driving in a Prius. Prius. There's a yeah. title for a yeah. novel for you guys. Yeah. So that's, that's that's sad. I don't think anything like that's ever happened at a South by. Well, it's gotten out of control. <laughs> I, although my first thought was, man, if the guy was in a Prius, maybe his accelerator was stuck. <laughs> that's yeah. It's yeah. possible, except for the drunk part. Well, yeah, I know. Every time I'm in a Prius, I'm always worried that this guy is going to drive out of control. Accelerator is going to stick exactly. Yeah, so uh, Miss Mickey and I were um, we were at the uh, at the Dutch house uh, with the you know the, every year South by Southwest the uh, the Dutch delegation comes in from Houston the uh, you know the Consul General and uh, and this time the um, like the economics min, the min, the hmm, Secretary of Economics something or other from D.C. was in. And uh, now these are the guys who I called and um, who, when when Miss Mickey was deported, and you know they were actually quite helpful. So of course now I owe them. Yes, did you give them did, as as payment? Did you give them a couple uh, no agenda CDs? <laughs> CDs, bags, the whole thing. Cool. But check this out. I was informally. Uh, um, what, what would the word be if you, if someone is 
I guess informally, I would. Uh, I was probed. By, I was no. I was probed if I would be interested in becoming the honorary consul to the Netherlands in uh, in Austin. Does that mean money? Well, funny you ask. What it means is you. Um, it's very specific. First of all, you get an expense account, so it's a, it's a zero sum game. That's perfect. That's perfect. So travel and all this stuff, but ah, yeah, you're, you're done. <laughs> so you have to uh, on December fifth, you have to you know arrange like the Sinterklaas thing. You mean with Black Freddy, <laughs> Black Pete, or Rainbow Color Pete? Whatever we'll do, that'll be a controversy, I'm sure. Uh, you have to uh, once every six to eight weeks. You got to you know do like a dinner or something for the Dutch community within Austin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And of course, if the king and the queen come to Texas, you know I have to entertain them. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but here's the best: I get diplomatic license plates. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'd do it for that alone, man. Oh yeah, no, that's payment right there. Put that on my truck. Automatic <laughs> license. <laughs> Can you just imagine me with with CD plates? How funny! Oh that no, be? I'm thinking you're you're you better get you just better be nice to them and get that gig. Well, it's it's an actual possibility. This is this is, <laughs> it could really happen. Well, you're a good representative. <laughs> I said uh, Mickey's very worried. She's like, but but you know, do you hear the things that come out of your mouth? What comes out of your mouth? Well, She's I'm, nuts. I, I'm always saying horrible things. No. By American standards, you're not. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So what day is it? What's the day? What day is Black Pete Day? Uh, December 5th. Let's take a look at the calendar. Make oh, sure wow. it's not no agenda day. Wow, Miss Mickey, Mickey just texted me. She said one of the people who was killed is actually Dutch. Wow. Saturday, good. You're good to go. Oh, a Dutch guy. Oh, that's terrible. That's horrible. Well, it's Saturday horrible. Saturday is good. You're good to go on the Black Pete. You're good for the gig. Because <laughs> it's not a Sunday, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, of course, you know, we were hanging out at the Dutch house, and everyone's like, you know, shaking my hand and talking. You know what people talk at, at these And at by these the way, to back up a second, yeah. Mickey's concern with your grousing is what she's really concerned yes. about. Yes, yes. you complain about this and that, and you know, yeah. a lot of this yeah. stuff's aimed at Holland. Uh, some of and it. And, of course, you have a reputation for being a, a shit disturber in the when you were yes. there. Yes, although it turns out I was right. Yes, front that front just, page like that makes a difference. Front page news, I will tell you about the guy, the, the pedo bear guy. The I think though that I think it, you're you're generally uh, you're well known enough. I think it's notoriety more than it is uh, anything else for this sort of gig. They don't want some dud. No, no, that's some the whole guy no, that, no one's ever heard of. And they, hey, would you like to come over to Fritz's house for dinner? <laughs> no, that's I the, don't even know who this guy no, is. No, that's the whole. I'm perfect for the gig because they know me in Holland. They know me in America. I mean, it, it could not be any better. I get a little pin, a little Dutch American flag pin. If they say, would you cordially invited to the household of Adam Curry? <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. There, uh, well, no, no, there will be no. No, I'm not going to have people over at the house. Oh, oh, yeah. right over to the Ritz-Carlton. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Now you're talking. <laughs> to the Ritz-Carlton. I think it's going to be perfect. Well, we'll work on it. I'll let you know what happens. Honorary console. Probably with your expense account. 
which is, you know, one of those things that depends on how much they let you, uh, they allow you or how they allow you. You're going to not be able to spend it generally. I mean, you can try. You probably no, I mean, this is for travel. They- I have to go, I have to go to the Netherlands, you know, travel oh, to get my. You, know, you should probably bring someone. <laughs> yeah, like Mickey, maybe? No. <laughs> oh, you mean my secretary? Me? Yeah, my secretary. Yeah, my secretary. <laughs> my, my attache. Yeah, trip. It'd be a nice trip. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, I'm very sorry uh, about the glitches in the Matrix. Wow. The, ma- the, the thing's out of control. We got planes disappearing. We got soldiers without identifying marks in uh, Crimea. You know, this thing's out of control. It's, it's not functioning properly. So what's your latest on the plane? Because I got a couple of clips that are interesting. Well, the latest on the plane. Okay. So first of all, my uh, initial take is pretty much uh, still intact. I said there's zero evidence this thing has crashed. And it's never taken off, right? Well, I, I said that it's possible, but I said there's zero evidence it's crashed. That for sure. Oh, yeah. There's no evidence it's crashed. Now. There's a, besides all, and th- what a distraction, annoying distraction this is. Um, and, you know, there are, we've got the, at the Pentagon, I got some emails from some of our uh, sysadmin friends who are contractors. The Pentagon tracks every ship, every aircraft, every submarine, every satellite, all commercial aircraft worldwide. We've got spy satellites that can see a pimple on the tip of your nose. So everything that is being shown, like these Chinese, like, oh, there's some wreckage 72 feet by 79 feet, which doesn't fit in any dimensions of this aircraft at all. You know, none of this makes any sense. It's all one huge distraction. Um, I have to say a couple things. One, transponders. Pilots turn off transponders all the time, uh, certainly in general aviation. I used to do it when we would... Uh, be flying helicopters, and we want to go down. Uh, we were flying around the uh, the Schiphol airspace, and we, there were all the sailboats, and we go down with the chopper, and we'd blow the sailboats along. But of course, you know, you're doing something uh, off the book, so you turn off the transponder, and you're down low enough so the radar doesn't catch you. So these guys, someone turned off the transponder. I don't think this was any you know massive uh, uh, event where the uh, structural uh, issue or explosion, because we certainly would have seen something by now, if not on the uh, the thermal prints from the spy satellites or sonar registration for, for sound, none of that. Um, Malaysia, of course, is, uh, is, is a weird place. Uh, they love the, uh, the terrorists over there. They're not real fond of Americans, by the way. There's still kind of evidence of this being possibly an Airbus versus Boeing war, but I think when you look at the manifest, which I haven't heard many people talk about, there was one thing that uh, struck uh, that struck me as odd. Uh, first of all, there they, was no uh, X-ray of the cargo, which isn't that doesn't have to happen all the time. Uh, but they had a waiver for an additional one thousand pounds of lithium batteries. Um, that you're only allowed to have a certain amount of lithium batteries on board for you know for fire hazard, but they had a waiver for a thousand pounds extra. And I'm thinking, what? Maybe that thousand pounds of something extra wasn't batteries. And the consensus from people I'm talking to is the crew was in on this. They flipped off the transponder, went down below the radar, flew somewhere. I think the passengers are dead. I think that you know you just turn off the oxygen, everyone kind of dies off. Um, 
And this plane landed somewhere. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of airstrips all around that area, military airstrips. And uh, there was something that uh, that was on that plane that they wanted. I, that's the only logical conclusion I can come to. Everything else is bogative. Well, there's the there, there's the the crazy stuff that is interesting. And the only reason I bring that up, and I'm not into this kind of thing, although having read the uh, day after Roswell, I'll I'll just let myself go for a minute. Oh, you, are we going to do cloaking and alien stuff? No, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to play this clip, which seems to be a piece of suppressed information. It was played on NHK, and it was done by a correspondent from uh, Kuala Lumpur who, who's talking to the military. And this is the suppressed report, and this is kind of interesting. Hold on one second. Civilian air traffic controllers lost contact with a jet. But government sources in Malaysia say military radar has identified a possible clue to what happened. An object was detected moving from east to west from the area where controllers lost contact with the aircraft. The object crossed the Malay Peninsula and continued for about 70 minutes before disappearing over the Straits of Malacca. The Malaysian government says it analyzed the data. But not everything adds up. The signal was weak for a passenger jet. The object was also traveling slower than a normal aircraft. And if the plane did make a U-turn, why wasn't it detected by civilian radar? Government officials have been unable to identify the flying object that was detected by the military radar. That leaves them with a little option but to continue searching. By boat and from the air, vast stretches of water from the South China Sea to the Straits of Malacca. Tremaine de Agracias. All right, that's bullshit. <laughs> the whole, that whole... Me, that before you go on with that's bullshit. No, it is. Sorry, it's, that's Let bullshit. Me... Russia launches this ICBM for some unknown reason. This is still in my craw. It was, it was a scheduled test, yes. Yeah, scheduled test. Sure. Well, what schedule are we talking yeah, but, about? Uh, hold on a second, John. Did you John. get a memo months uh, ago? What you're, but what you're talking about is uh, on, the, uh, on the flight tracking 24-7 radar website is all of a sudden this circle appears, then it turns into a plane. Trust me, this is bullshit. And also that the plane was turning left and right. These things are this complete, ab- these abnormalities happen all the time with this ADSB type of tracking. This, this, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It's no, no, no. Just played it. It's and from NHK, a reliable source. It's not Japan. a reliable source. NHK, it's what? a big news organization. Oh, please. I saw Bill Nye, the science guy on CNN last night with a big black box talking about what it was. <laughs> big orange things. Oh, this is the black box. No, this is complete bull crap. If, if it was blown out of the sky, there would be heat. You know, this would have you registered. It was blown on, out of the sky. Well, if it was an ICBM, like. like no, 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 no. The ICBM is different. The ICBM was launched for some other purpose, and this was the retaliatory strike. No, 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 no. Because that would show up, John. There's thousands of satellite systems to track all this. No. No, no, no. And also this, the military radar tracked it, and they didn't say anything for three days. No. And then everyone's backtracking on all of that. No, 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 no. The, the only, besides my theory, which is it never took off at all, which is possible, um, there is a theory out there that it was cloaked 
And, no, and they can't. Un- that's the only other one. That, that's the only other theory that makes any sense. Although I have no idea about the technology, but everything else because there is none crashing. There's there is zero Wait, evidence of a crash. Along with the aliens grabbing these guys as opposed no. to cloaking. No. Ugh. No. The military a military cloaking exercise. Yeah, I think that that would be real. And why would they do it with this flight? If they're going to do it, they're going to be doing it around here somewhere. Why? Be- forbid that no, the technology because- get into the wrong hands. No, of course not. You want to do it in an obscure part of the world. Yeah, with American gear. With a bunch of Chiners who no one cares about. We have a whole bunch of freescale guys right there from your neck of the woods <laughs> on that plane. Yeah, well, oh, well. Valuable assets to the alien forces. <laughs> the bottom line is we know absolutely nothing. I, I still think the possibility of the flight crew being in on it um, and landing this thing somewhere and whatever was on board taking that off, you know, it, it, it's that's not unthinkable. No, I would say that, that that of all the crazy things you've said, that's actually very believable, and especially since that flight crew's already been uh, kind of outed as a bunch of kind of offbeat characters. Well, let me let me say something about that. Just because um, you know we, they don't have the the same rules as we do. No, in, no, I agree. I've been on flight airspace. decks myself. Yeah, I've been on flight decks, and what yeah. you saw there was basically what all pilots want is to get laid. Yeah, okay. And that's why. That's yeah, half of the reason. Right that's that. half the reason for becoming a pilot. Hey, you're baby, you're gonna have to have more evidence about this, something going on with these uh, guys landing in the middle of nowhere. I, I think the plane could be down somewhere in the middle of nowhere on some little. Who's gonna find it? Well, if if this once aircraft, you land and put it in a hangar, yeah. it's you know you're not gonna find it. You only need thirty five hundred feet to land this thing, and there's tons of. I'm seriously, there's probably five hundred airstrips throughout that entire region that it could have landed. Now, what is kind of interesting, um, as a side note to all of this, is the amount of articles and news bullets, because, of course, everyone's out of things to say, um, that are cropping up about how old-fashioned the technology is, and we need to have all of these planes need to be connected. They should be streaming the black box information. (sighs) Well, I think you're missing one of the little memes that cropped up in the thing, and I spotted it. And I think this, and I'm going to put in the red book that this is going to start to show up over and over again. What, you mean the fact that they don't want uh, pilots anymore? We have to get rid of pilots? The the, the continuing meme? <laughs> no. Oh. That's a good way. I should, I should put that one down, too. <laughs> yeah, pilots suck. It should all be automated, and we should have someone at home base flying it like a drone. No, I think it will have more to do with centralized identification system for the New World Order. (laughs) They have, you know, there was a big deal about these two missing passports, and there was report after report about, oh, it's pretty common. There's over Mm. one million people flying on stolen passports. Mm. And they went on and on about this to such an extreme, and I'm thinking about real ID and all this. You know, the United States, we've tried to push this, shove this down the throat of the American public, Mm. you know, federal ID. Mm. Uh, And I think that this is... This has been in play and it's not going away. And they're going to come up with something, some universal thing. It's going to, mm. you know, I'm listening to watching this unfold with the ID. The, the, the All these stories about the ID. Oh, these guys are Iranians looking for, uh, Iranians looking for uh, some you know, place to move to Germany or something like that. And then I'm watching Thom Hartman going on and on about with some guy. Uh, about carbon tax. And would you think the whole thing would be solved with carbon tax? You know, a what? universal worldwide <laughs> carbon Wait, tax. Well, what would that solve? Planes going down? I don't understand. No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about, I brought me back. No, 
course not. <laughs> it brought me maybe it brought yeah. me back to the, this 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 kind of worldview thinking where you want ID. Everyone has a world ID, you know, something that does mm. that everyone can get from the it's like from the United Nations or whoever because the carbon tax thing always boils down to universal international carbon tax. Where does this money go? You know, it's funny you say that because I. Uh, came across an outfit. Let me see if I have the, their uh, promo video here, uh, which I had not heard of. It was, it's was it been set up by Richard Branson, which, of course, makes sense because he's in the aviation business. It's called the Carbon War Room. Have you heard of these guys? No. Carbon War Room started with an idea. This idea of how can we actually get profit-making... an idea. <laughs> Seriously, you should go look at carbonwarroom.org or whatever the hell it is. To chase more profit and save the climate at the same time. The dominant narrative around climate change was that the only way to defeat the problem was to do and have less. If the only choice is to do and have less, then we're going to lose. Lose. So what's the other choice? Lose. The other choice was to decide that you could build a prosperous, low-carbon world. What we're all about is helping create good, viable business opportunities out of carbon emission mitigation. And that <laughs> you got to listen to the bullcrap these people are spouting, who, by the way, are all paid consultants for this outfit. Carbon well <laughs> emissions uh, mitigation, is yeah. that what he said? Yeah, yeah. It works well for job creation, and it works well for the environment. So their whole idea is, I guess, uh, they pressure businesses into building greener things and that's basically as you'll hear in a moment going to create jobs carbon war room is focused on a very powerful force and that's business you know that's capitalism that's the entrepreneurial spirit you know there's nothing wrong um, with a bunch of motivated people creating innovation to solve problems and making money while doing it so what they all do is they all go to uh, branson's necker island and they all have a meeting and uh, you know, uh, David Haas is in here. David Haas is the Council on Foreign Relations. And there's uh, the, the Carbon War Room President, Jose Maria Figueres Olsen, who's getting paid 150000 in consulting. I pulled their, their Form 990. I don't know what their scam is, but you, you, can, you know it's coming down to a carbon, carbon tax on some global scale from the Carbon War Room. Carbon War Room takes a sector approach. And we ask which sectors could be making money from reducing CO2, whether that be insulating our buildings to be more energy. Yeah, let me ask you, John, which sectors can make money from reducing CO2? Actually, the petroleum industry can with their sequestering scams. Yeah, or maybe the, the funeral business <laughs> by taking carbon away from people. Efficient. Or making our ships cleaner and saving fuel. We are looking for measures that can get... And if I see one more video that uses this kind of bogative Apple music, I'm going to throw up. Okay, so here's what we're looking at. We're looking at... Because I would assume that this web page has the messages yes. in plain sight. Yeah, yeah. So we have four, five different things that they're focused on. And, and citizen each of well I'm no that was I'm looking at is our operations ah. shipping efficiency mm-hmm. which means they want to gouge the shipping companies yeah. who are out there force them so into into new ships pay, paying some extra little tax that yeah. they, then yeah. they put somewhere 
renewable jet fuels. I have no idea what if you can even make those. <laughs> battery battery planes. Battery planes. Green <laughs> capital. This is a winner. <laughs> Green capital. Yeah. Uh, smart island economies. Oh, would that have anything to do with Necker Island by any chance? Might be. Mm -hmm. And then finally, another gouge, trucking efficiency. So oh, man, there's, some, there's some money. All that. Somebody sat, sat around and said, you know how we can, how can we make some extra money? I said, well, I don't know. I got an idea. Hold on, so let's listen to the uh, Aruba and Carbon, that's Dutch, Aruba and Carbon War Room bid to flip Caribbean island off of fossil fuels. What is the island going to run on? <laughs> Here, this is weird. Bean farts. <laughs> the Carbon War Room and the government of Aruba announced a partnership for 100% renewable energy. Woo! If successful... They will not die. Oh, they will create the first ever fossil fuel-free economy. This is a 10-20% improvement. This is Aruba being potentially one of... Here's Peter Boyd. Who's this jabroni? This Peter Boyd guy. Peter Boyd? Yeah. With his Windsor knot. I, I have trouble trusting a guy with a Windsor knot. That's what's... Just a very standard tie knot. What, how, what difference does it make? Mm -hmm. What do you think? What you you you're a fan of the four in hand? That yeah, exactly. shit. Flip off fossil fuels entirely and show the world how to get that done. Okay. Anyway, Peter Boyd. Anyway, so this is uh, the Carbon War Room. This is uh, how did we even get here? Uh, we because uh, I mentioned Thom Hartman and slowly you turned step by step, <laughs> inch by inch. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. I'm watching these guys. You know, the funny thing is, this is since I was, a, a, I would say, a little child, mm -hmm. there has been a frontal attack on the petroleum business. Uh, nobody ever lied. I think, I think it really stems from a, a deep hatred that n never really went away, even though he became a great philanthropist of, of uh, Rockefeller. And, uh, and there's just been this frontal attack, and whatever you can do to, to screw with them and try to get them to either, you know, you do it with the peak oil crap you do it by you know blowing up a rig or you do it by taxing them and taxing them and taxing them because there's so much throughput i mean you can really they have a lot of leeway for being taxed to death uh it's just astonishing to me and it's just it, watching thom and this other guy yeah. go on and on about how we have to get rid of use we have to leave it in the ground leave it in the ground leave all the coal and <laughs> yeah, oil yeah, on the yeah, ground the, and the carbon you, well, so here's um, they spent uh, the, this carbon war room. I, I had to pull their 990 because that's really where you get oh, all the, the cool information. Oh, by the way, should mention something. Mm -hmm. uh, if you left all the petroleum in the ground, we wouldn't half of the stuff that you have. If you look around, you just take a look at how much is paint, plastic, all oh, these yeah, things. You, it's all petroleum. Yeah. They spent four hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars on research. The research and intelligence group took that money, and they worked to identify opportunities that have cost-negative, gigaton-scale carbon reduction potential. Whew! That's a bumper sticker right there. Gigaton-scale carbon reduction potential over the next 10 years. The primary audience is the investment community, entrepreneurs, NGOs, and policymakers. Carbon War Room has identified 17 subsectors across seven sectors. Each sector vector accounts for over one gigatons or more than 2% of global CO2 emissions annually. Uh, these sectors encompass the full spectrum of challenges that must be met to implement a low-carbon economy. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so the, oh, here it is. Jose Maria Figueres Olson. Uh, he is an independent contractor, even though he's the CEO. Uh, he billed them $208,000, whoever them is. And there's all kinds of consulting things. This is, you know, this is one of my pet peeves, of course, is all these bogative NGOs. And finally, although I wish it would have been, you know, we could have gotten some credit, but of course we didn't do this one. Someone pulled the 990 for Lady Gaga. And uh, it's quite funny. Oh, that's a great idea. So her 990, um, I have it in front of me here. Um, you'll love this. Okay, so the total income, which was presumed, we don't, it, it's never listed who on a 5013C Corp. Uh, total income for the current year, $2.2 million. We're going to presume that came from her, that she put that in. Uh, money goes to herself as a director, Stephanie Germanata, oh, her mom, Cynthia, her dad, Joseph, and then two other jabronis. Oh, I think one is the manager. And you know that her manager has, you know, he's. Uh, it's all part of this 360 deal, and they, they, they really run everything. But here's what's interesting. They spent, um, hold on a second... $115,000 on travel expenses, consulting fees, legal fees. Um, then there's some of the salaries. Uh, then there is... They, the, they spent, looks like, $10,000 on the bus. I guess the tour bus uh, is now written off as part of the, uh, part of the, the non-profit. Um, yes, the bus traveled nationwide to empower youth by connecting them with community. Let's see what else they did. Uh, so, I'm sorry, that's $348,000 for the uh, the bus tour production. Strategic consulting for web and digital total fees, $300,000. Stage productions, $62,000. Uh, social media, $50,000. Uh, and then coordination meetings, forty-seven eight hundred twenty-five thousand, and they actually did hand out some money to as a grant uh, for five thousand dollars. Oh, five thousand dollars! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a sense here it is: grants and other assistance to governments and organizations, uh, five thousand dollars. And that actually, um, if you if you drill down into it, that was uh, for making. Um, their site uh, PayPal compatible with European PayPal. So they essentially uh, have just written off all of this tax-free stuff uh, on a non-profit, The Little Monster. Huh. And this is the person that your wife idolizes? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. needless to say, after I showed her this, she went, I'm not going to go see Gaga now. Yeah, right. Okay. No, it's just uh, I've been I've, I like doing that 990 stuff. Everybody can do that, by the way. Yes, you should tell people how to do that so they can all just do it casually. Yeah, go to guidestar.com. I think it's .com. Hold on, let me check. Is it guidestar? Oh, guidestar.org. And you have to register uh, in order to get all the 990s and you can just search and uh, boop, uh, stuff pops up. 
uh, that's just like uh, like Lean In. I thought that was some huge organization. That's a Sheryl Sandberg thing that is now banning the word bossy. Oh, yeah, I have a bunch of clips on that. Uh, the whole organization, I think she's put 100, 140000 bucks into it, which probably went to that stupid commercial with Bianchi. I have not heard a single woman uh, say anything positive about this campaign. Oh, the... The the, um... the, the Ban Bossy campaign. Yeah, you want to do that a bit, even get through this? Because this is like... I think it's a part of the never-ending. I think it's essentially it is besides being just ludicrous because when you think about it, and there's a bunch of little girls. Like there's a Nightline special Nightline report with Cynthia McFadden. Cynthia McFadden decides to do a whole thing on this because she's a huge worshiper. Should, worshiper. We, should we step back? Should I play the the promo for a second so everyone knows what we're talking about? Yes, play okay. the promo. All right. So uh, this is now you're going to see or. Uh, they're not identified by name, but uh, they are um, in the video. It's uh, Beyonce, Sheryl Sandberg, who's the chief operating officer of uh, Facebook. We have Jane Lynch, actress. We have um, Jennifer Gardner. Um, who else is in that, John? Uh, well, I know uh, the first lady. The first lady is not in it, but she's uh, but she's been promoting it heavily. And the whole idea is to ban the word bossy. This is ban bossy. Take one. And this is a, uh, a joint venture between leanin.org, which is Cheryl uh, Sandberg's uh, nonprofit. NGO. NGO, and the Girl Scouts of America. Uh, and so they have teamed up, and the whole idea, and if I understand correctly, we need to ban the word bossy because when you say to a young woman or a girl, you're bossy, that immediately shuts them up and they're afraid to become ruins a leader. Ruins their lives, Adam. <laughs> Get sorry. it straight. <laughs> yeah, it ruins their lives. Um, now, boys, little boys are bossy too, but if you have a little three or four year old bossing everybody around, you call them bossy. I don't think this is a big deal. Can I? Can I uh, well, uh, first I'd like to uh, give you the etymology of uh, of bossy because, interestingly enough, this is from a Dutch word. Uh, the Dutch word bas, B-A-A-S. Um, and uh, if you look at the actual uh, synonyms, uh, hold on a second, open this up. Uh, so bas, as in basrug, uh, we have, from, it's from early 19th century. A person in charge of a worker, or, or that's boss. Hold on, I want the adjective. Uh, you, actually, an adjective, boss, if you're boss, then you can be excellent or outstanding. Um, but uh, boss is head, chief, director, president, principal, chair, manager. All of these really good words. 
But apparently, the minute you say someone's bossy, then uh, what you are telling them is they should not be assertive. That's what I've understood from their uh, from their website. And the women that I spoke to, uh, let me start with uh, the one closest to me, uh, my wife. She says, "Yeah, I'm bossy." And if uh, people hadn't called me bossy as a as a as a kid, then I would have never known how to test my limits and how to be more or less bossy to become a a strong leading woman. Well, there's the counter argument. In fact, Sheryl Sandberg moans incessantly about being called bossy, and she's a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so it did her more good than harm, it seems to me. What, was she going to be, rule the world? She's going to be Ming the Magnificent if no one called her bossy? Well, the same goes for Beyonce. The same goes for Condoleezza Rice. The same goes for Jennifer Gardner. The same goes for Jane Lynch. Um, I don't understand. Is This, this is the never-ending equality meme where everybody has to be equal. And this is I, also and I, part of the... A anti-free speech subtext. Yeah, well, it's been going on. Ban the word. Do not use this word. Let's see if we can get people to stop using a word. <laughs> but let's play these clips because they're right. they're very educational. All right. This is the this is all from a special with Cynthia McFadden. So we'll start with one. Facebook's Sheryl Sandberg changed the conversation about women in the workplace. I Bull love it. Crap. I love it when someone can change the change conversation. The conversation. What conversation? Crap. She didn't change no conversation. You're sucking up to her because she's a billionaire. That's all. That's how it works in, in Hollywood land. With her best-selling book, Lean In, which came out exactly a year ago. <laughs> I, I, feel, I, I will say, I feel bad I have not read the book. And I'm going to read it now because I really need to get inside her head. Well, you know what? Here's the problem with the book, I'm going to tell yeah, you. Have you read the book? I haven't read the whole thing. I read pieces of it. You're going to be irked. <laughs> it's an irksome product. And these things are, it's just, it's pretentious. It's a Silicon Valley style book uh, with that kind of lame writing that is shallow and it's kind of interesting in some modern, very modern, <laughs> up-to-date way. But, you know, 10 years from now, this is not going to be like Vance Packard or anybody like that. It's going to be, this is a forgotten piece of crap like all these other books that come out around here. She's launching a new public service campaign to ban the word bossy. Why? Because she what? says it's a big part of the reason so few women make it to leadership positions. And there is some research that backs her up. I think it's the only reason women make it to leadership positions. I, I I I am flabbergasted by this this uh, this thing. I know I'm on board with your think, thinking on yeah, this. Yeah, I mean this is. By the way, I, I I grew up and I think we've discussed this. What my mom always used to say: "Life's not fair." I'd be like, "That's not fair." Life's not fair. Life's not, what a mom. Did you never hear that? Did you never get oh, that? Going? My mom always, "Oh, poor baby." <laughs> you get a prize just for competing. <laughs> Now put your helmet back on and go play outside. We sat down at Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park to talk about the other B word. When I was growing up. Uh, bolo tie? Uh, bolero? I was called bossy. Cheryl Sandberg, Facebook COO and newly minted billionaire, has launched a campaign today to ban a surprisingly powerful word. Bossy. 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 And she's pulled together a group of celebrity friends to help her pull it off. Bad bossy. This is the other B word. We call girls bossy on the playground. We then call them too aggressive or other B words in the workplace. 
Bully or bitchy? Is it is is bitch? Is that the problem? Is that yeah, is, is that yeah, the word? Of course, because that's what she's apparently called at work a lot. I think this is where, where this stems from. She must be terrible to work with. It's the only thing I can think of, and she just seems like it. She's she's not. Bo- I wish she's you know she's just a. I don't know. She's one of those people that just can't stop talking. Let's try number two because there's a the three and four the short clips on this. I've got some very interesting little tricks uh, propagandistically that uh, you definitely have to listen to. What we know is that stereotypes are holding women back from leadership roles all over the world. No, we don't. She argues those negative stereotypes get a big boost from the use of the word bossy. I've asked audiences all over the world, and this is what women face. They're bossy as little girls, and then they're aggressive, political, shrill too ambitious as women. Can I just say? Are they talking about Hillary Clinton? Because I'm a little confused. They're talking about, they're talking about <laughs> each other, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. These, but, it's, it's like they're they're looking in the mirror. Yeah, but this is great. I love women who, this is, hello. Wait a minute. This is an example. No, You know, we did a show a couple, the, not, not the last show, but the show before. I thought we were too much anti-women stuff in the show. And it, uh, well, of course, unfortunately, we got more donations, but that's beside <laughs> It now, works. Keep going. I don't want to get into the anti-woman rant, but these are, these are two women that seem to be bitching, literally bitching about nothing. They're just to bitch. We must be missing something, John. There must be, so, I, I don't understand this. There must be some other reason that they're doing this. Well, for Cheryl, it's to sell more books so she can be, really? you know. She, the, for the what? To do what? It's just a bragging rights thing amongst her little peer group. Oh, I have a bestseller on the New York Times. What does you do? Do you really think that's it? Yeah. Then why is Beyonce uh, doing this? Why? I, I, well, Sandberg is a powerful, at the pace, powerful. is a saleswoman. Yeah, she'll, she'll get to, she'll put out, she'll, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's finish this clip and then we'll get to a kicker. I was called bossy. Were you called bossy? I was called bossy when I was oh, in Oh, we're grade. called bossy. My teacher took my best friend, Mindy, aside and she said, you shouldn't be friends with Cheryl, she's bossy. And then she became a billionaire. <laughs> I, it, this, I think they're trying to actually remove all competition. Wow, well, that's an interesting idea. That's the only yeah, thing I think of. Some women are starting to make a move on Hey, her. hey, this is no good. These, these bossy, get, the, get well, them. Meyer, you know, yeah. she's, she's bossy. You know she's bossy. All right. Yeah, she's totally bossy. Okay, so here's the number three uh, clip, which I think there's a, there's a very, to me, it was this is what got me to do this clipping at all. Research shows a direct link. A third of the girls who don't want to be leaders say it's because they fear being called bossy or being disliked by their peers. Well, then you're not a leader. Now you're missing the point of this clip. Well, well, don't say it. Let me listen to it again, then. Let me let me listen to this. Research shows a direct link. A third of the girls who don't want to be leaders say it's because they fear being called bossy or being disliked by their peers. Well, they don't want to be leaders. <laughs> What am Miss I missing? What am I missing? The whole premise, and they started with the first clip about, well, research has shown, research has shown, research has shown. And this, by the way, people out there who listen to this sort of thing, this is essentially jobs created or saved. Mm. And what they've done here, and then you couldn't pick it up, and I can see nobody picking it up. But what happened here was they say, it's because they're using the word bossy or... And it's and, and the, the reason is n- no, it's not because maybe one per, you got ten people they say, why don't you uh, why don't you do this this way? Well, because I'm afraid of being called bossy. Number one, number two, 
I, no one's going to like me, number three. No one's going to like me, number four. No one's going to like me, number five. No one's going to like me. They went and asked a bunch of little girls, and that's what they all said. This is bull crap. Oh, so the not, word yeah. bossy's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> I love it when you get all in my face about it. Play the clip again. <laughs> the three? I'm play the three again? Yeah, uh, so you can hear what the, what the scam is. I got you. Research shows a direct link. A third of the girls who don't want to be leaders say it's because they fear being called bossy. Or being disliked by their peers. You mean that's not research? That's not science? No, that could be research, but the, but you don't. If it was mostly people not wanting to be liked, they slipped the bossy <laughs> thing to make it sound as though that yeah. they, they was used as number one in the list. Yeah, this is bogus. Nobody says, "Oh, I," you know, "I'm afraid of being called bossy." Well, what does that ever happen? Well, what research was that? Well, it's really beside the point at this point. But anyway, play four, where now it's just completely nuts. If you look at the world, women do 66% of the work in the world. Women produce 50% of the food. Women make 10% of the income. And women own 1% of the property. In every country in the world, women are 5% of the top company CEOs. We live in a world that is overwhelmingly run and owned by men. Uh. If you paid women as much as men... You would cut the poverty rate for this nation's children in half. So you really think you can change 77 cents on a dollar by banning bossy? We think it all goes together. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought this was about empowering women. This is about fucking men over. Ah, you noticed. <laughs> it was hard. I caught that pretty quickly, didn't I? Wow. That's, well, that's not has nothing to do with banning bossy. That has to do with banning men. Why don't you just say it, Cheryl? Kill all men. <laughs> dot org. Exactly what she should ban That's her men. Next book. Ban dudes. There it is. Ban dudes. Get rid of dudes. Let me hear the partners on this thing. Girl Scouts of America, Lifetime, BBDO, AARP, Always. What is always? It looks like a. Always looks always. like. Always. What is always? It looks like a. Uh, it's, yes, I think it's a sexual club. Looks like a feminine hygiene they product. Like to do it always. Oh no! It's yeah. It's teen. Uh, Teen tampons. Yeah, it's feminine products. Okay. Yeah, okay. Babble. BBYO. What is BBYO? Uh, oh, the Jewish teen leadership. Sandberg, of course. B Being Girl, Blog Her, Common Sense Media, another fine NGO. Edmodo. What's Edmodo? Edmodo. <laughs> What's Edmodo? Oh, I don't know. Edmodo, How do you spell well, it? hold on. Edmodo. Uh, Echo Delta, Mike Oscar Delta, Oscar. Where learning happens. Join over 32 million oh, teachers and students. Modo. Safely connecting in online classrooms. Collaborating on assignments. Discovering new resources and more. Watch demo. Would you like to watch the demo? I think you should play the demo. Yeah, here's Marcia Simmons, and she is, uh, oops. I think in public education, we need to offer ways to be relevant. Wow, statement of the decade. Get that off my screen. Free, <laughs> we need to be relevant. Free the children, Getty Images, Girls Leadership Institute, kidsinthehouse.com. What's, is that like kids in the hall, only better? Expert parenting advice. Okay. What is kids in the house? My God, this is just, this whole page is just NGO after NGO. It's just everyone sucking off the teat of, of Sandberg, apparently. Yeah, I'm sure she enjoys that. Kip, 
National Council of La Raza, Pantene, got to have your shampoo in there, Teach for America, Upworthy, and Urban Sitter. Urban Sitter. Yeah, this is, this is basically, it's not fair. Men run the world. It's not fair. I hope, <clears throat> excuse me one second. Uh, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a, re- a truly a religious man, but this I'm and I'm not mocking. I what I'm about to say I really mean. Dear God, please. I know I really have not been good t- talking to you, reaching out to you uh, ever, except whenever things are really crap, which has happened time to time in my life, and then I pray to you. I pray, dear God, please make Hillary Clinton president of the United <laughs> States of America. Please, please. First of all, we'll be guaranteed eight years of show material. Uh, and secondly, after those eight years, I'll be able to tell all these women, see? See what happened? <laughs> Girls suck just as bad as men, boys, whatever. You get, you, get, you, you please. I thought you were going to make a prayer to God saying, smite this woman. No, I want to hear that one again. If you look at the world, women do 66% of the work in the world. Well, how, do, where is this coming from, 66%? And why is that two times 33? What are you trying to tell me, Cheryl Sandberg? 60, if you look at the, what does she say? If you look at the, what, the data, is that what she said? Oh. I don't know what she's talking about. If you look at the world. If you look at the world. You look at the world. Let's, let's get Google Maps for a second. All so right. basically, I'm, six years, so this I'm is looking at the world. I'm looking. Of course, it's bullcrap, but I want to hear it. Women do sixty-six percent of the work in the world. See, really, I don't know if that's true. I guess if she says it's true, women produce fifty percent of the food. They produce fifty percent of the food. Women make ten percent of the income and. 10% of income. Women own 1% of the property. In every country in the world, women are 5% of the top company CEOs. We live in a world... Well, you know what you should do? You should tell more girls that they're bossy so that they can become bossy and become boss and start to run the show. You're doing it exactly the... I, I, I don't understand. I would like to see these stats backed up. Yeah, I, I so bet you all I. of them are refutable. All of them. And I don't see any of these stats on their, on her website, on her bandbossy.com. That's, you can go on these shows if you're Sheryl Sandberg, and you can just blather off a bunch of stats that without any references, by the way. You don't hear one reference. It's just she said, I say so. Yeah. And so bossy that she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm sure that's all refutable. I doubt these, these stats. I think it's bullcrap. Well, I, I'm upset that she doesn't have them on the website. That, that's where they should be. Now, there's leadership And then tips. she says, if you paid women the same amount as you paid men, it would eliminate 77% of the poverty or something at the end. And I'm thinking, pay them for what? There's a, po- a woman living in poverty in Oakland who is uneducated, and she's raising her kids, and she can't get a job, and she's on welfare. What are you going to – the welfare check she gets is the same that a welfare check is given to a guy? I mean, this no, I'm not buying this this argument. When this it comes work for equal pay kind of thing too, which is also a, a red herring. When it comes to girls and ambition, the pattern is clear: girls are discouraged from leading. I, and now I'm offended by that remark. I have built several companies uh, with large, large employee base, six, seven hundred people, the majority of whom were women, and who led. We're on the board. Of course, I was the boss because, you know, I started it. When a little boy asserts himself, he's called a leader. 
Yet when no, he's least, not. He's called bossy too. Have you ever seen a little like he's, five-year-old he's called, bossing people around? Yeah, what do you he, call him? Dick. Tell him Get out of the way, shit kid. Head. You're bossy. Yeah, shit. Little shit is what I call him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah little turd. Bull crap. Turd. Oh, my little my my little <laughs> six-year-old is telling me what to do. He's, he's a, a great leader. <laughs> What a, this is a lie. This woman is a fraud. Yet, when a little girl does the same, she risks being branded bossy. A precursor to words like aggressive, angry, and too ambitious. We should ban all these words. What kind of six-year-old is too ambitious? These are words that plague strong What's going female on in the leaders. with a six-year-old? Hey, he's building a Ferrari from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Calling girls bossy is one of the many things we do to discourage them from leading. We go out of our way to discourage the girls. You know what I do? I kick them in the shins to discourage them from leading. That's my trick. It's no wonder that by middle school, girls are less interested in leadership roles than boys, a trend that continues into adulthood. I, uh, I just don't see it as... Well, that's because, you know, the women in general, because of the sociology of women essentially, are more into making friends and doing social stuff and getting... So they're not in, on the right track, according to her. Sandberg must have been a friendless shall I, shall I, can, can I, Let me just say something. The number one reason why girls are not turning into leaders is because they're occupied with posting selfies on your fucking Facebook. That's the problem. Sandberg... There you have it, in a nutshell. Thank you. All right, enough of this. Yes. Hey, kittens and courage, and in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And to everyone in the chat room, in the morning to y'all, and to our artist, Nick the Rat, thank you very much uh, for the, uh, I think, didn't we use a, a Nick Evergreen that was, the art was not good on the, for no, the, the last episode. No, the art last week's show, we will say I this. don't know and what by happened. by the way, there are some people that you're still making the type font too small. You got to remember, we reduced these things. Um, anyway, no, the art was terrible. And so we went to the, uh, to the well and found this simplistic piece from Nick Durrett. And I don't even know why he did this piece because it's not his style, but he did it. And it's just nothing. It's just a plane. But it was. It was, <laughs> it was we chose it because it was so funny. It was just. It was it just was a flag. It was funny as an ironic piece. <laughs> it was a flag. That's what it, it basically. Flag. It was a flag. <laughs> no agenda it was art a real gen- flag, not a false yeah. flag. No agenda art generator is where you can uh, find all the submissions. We'd love to have uh, something. Uh, yeah, something a little more. Yeah, art- and we like artistic. Where we're talking about this, I was looking at the uh, the. In fact, let's go over there. Uh, to no agenda show dot or no agenda art generator. And no agenda. And I want to point something out to people, especially when they they actually have they've got a good idea, but they're not quite. This is like if you were talking to your art director, you'd be you'd be uh, discussing something like this. Uh, now I'm looking at, for example, uh, the best of the 600 so far is the No Agenda 600 thing, yeah, uh, which is you know got a nice look like the Coca Cola 600 is a takeoff of a NASCAR race, and it's not bad, but. You know, the branding of the show is what the branding of the show is. It's is Adam, Crackpot, Curry, and Dvorak's the buzzkill. That's what we stick with. You don't change these monikers to Loose Nut and Boogity. <laughs> 
You just don't do that. I mean, it's like very pretentious. I mean, it's okay for us to call everyone different names, but you don't do that to us. No. No. Not, and not with the art. So you got this, you know, gorgeous piece of work. No Agenda 600 racing to you from Gitmo Nation. Great. Then it says Adam Loose Nut. Where did that come from? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. We never used it. No. So so this piece, redo the piece Kevlar. Well, it's too late. I'm sure Kevlar is not listening live. Think about your but, branding rules as a style guide, people. Yeah, just, you know, don't do not do this kind of thing. It's just reject it out of hand because of it. Mm. Anyway, now I'm not going to edit it. So let's thank a few people for being executive producers, associate executive producers for show 599. We got, we're coming up on show 600, and we're appreciating everyone who is, is celebrating in one way or another, either with a $60 donation or a $600 donation in the case of Craig Porter. But uh, number one donor on uh, today's show is John Strage or Strage, Strage, I'm sure. Could be Strage too. 619. Good morning, wow. gentlemen. I must have a stutter today because donating 69669 which is $50 from his monthly night in training um oh brother i got to stretch this out and 619 from my yearly governmental attaboy yeah, for your money governmental with caps uh, attaboy for your money pat on the head as a retired army vet that's why I he's in San Antonio yeah for our freedom is real here as it was over there overseas can I please get a two to the head for governmental mac and cheese? Please uh, keep up with a good fight. And, John, thanks for the karma I asked for in January. It just came X2. Wow. Next, I plan on hitting her in the mouth with our formula. All joking oh. aside, thank you for your educational insight for the truth. Uh, you're, you two are truly a beacon of light in the Bay of BS. <laughs> Ban the BS. All right, we'll get that for him right here. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. <laughs> You've got karma. Yeah, nice. Thank you very much, John. And of course, he'll be a special producer and a member of the Six Hundred Club. Craig Porter, Six Hundred. He also wants to be referred to as hazmat slave during the read he never <laughs> mentions his name during the read but that's what he said uh this is the email you got yeah in the morning slaves the irs gave me back some of my money it stole from me last year so i decided so he'll be sir ha no he's not sir yet but he will be eventually sir hazmat slave um i decided some of the money you they stole from me last year so i decided to use it to celebrate reaching show 600 up to that point i've been Living uh, the mac and cheese life, uh, therefore unable to donate a significant amount. I'm proud to contribute to this fine work you both do. You guys keep me sane. I'm. It's draining to be bombarded with disinformation, native advertising, and the slaves who eat it up, which is, by the way, the worst part. <laughs> Your show's my medicine. I'd like to thank you for watching C-SPAN so I don't have to. Uh, can you please... Call the friend who hit me in the mouth, Sean, a douchebag. Douchebag. For being a non donating douchebag. And he'd like some Hey Citizen karma. Okie dokie. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. You got it. Thank you very much. Sir JD in San Jose, California, 346. 
Uh, in the morning, gents, from Sir JD. Please give a jobs, 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 little girl. Yay. Karma shot to all the producers, knights, and no agenda families out there. This is the third in my show, 600 progressive donation, three, four, 600. Thank you for your courage and keep up the excellent work on the best podcast in the universe, Sir JD. Yeah, that's the new moniker. Did you catch it, by the way? Kittens and Courage? Yeah, I did. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. Our buddy Sir Borislav Marinoff in Trabuco Canyon, California, $300. I need some government to get out of my bathroom, karma, so I can get my bathroom extension approved. Who knew adding a shower to your own bathroom requires special <laughs> permits? My engineer is telling me that from the city standpoint, I am a violator that needs to be punished for doing something in my own bathroom. Hey, slave, stop doing that, citizen. You cannot have a shower extension. Government overreach, anyone. This has been going on for a long time. Oh. This uh, zoning and well, all it's California. Yeah. What do you if you live in if you live you live in an unincorporated area? This is not a problem. Yeah, but he's in California. Is this, what do you yeah, no, we got, yeah, you should be, live in Berkeley. You've got karma. But you can't even poop in your toilet without you a permit. You can't poop without a permit. <laughs> you have to have the poop the per, the poop mint re, re, uh, <laughs> renewed about once every couple of weeks. <laughs> I gotta take a dump. I don't have the permit. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> They're monitoring the flushing. Open up, Mr. Dvorak. <laughs> you know, in Berkeley, they have uh, they they actually go through. They don't do this everywhere in the round Berkeley, but in Berkeley, they actually go through your trash oh, yeah. to see if you let if you put a bottle in the trash instead. Oh, of the you recycle. put it in the recycle. Yeah, well, they they learned that from the United Kingdom. Yeah, the UK does. Yeah, that. they have uh, they put little cameras into your bin. Anonymous in Amsterdam, three hundred hey. bucks. Uh, thanks for your hard work and for keeping my daily commute from Amsterdam to The Hague interesting. Ah, that must be a government official. Uh, must be. Mm -hmm. What else would you do in The Hague unless he works at Miniature World? <laughs> Madura Dam. <laughs> Sir, Sir Ryan Burgett in Seattle, Washington. I have a note, which I believe is the... Uh, Sir Bourbon and Bong Hits. Is this oh, bong, bong, bong Hits and Bourbon. Yeah. yeah, Sir B&B &B wants to call himself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, following up on my email from the weekend of my $300 donation, I shall send another 300 on Thursday if you take a, me upon my proposition of a third producer credit for the combined total in honor of show 600. Well, since you're a knight, we'll do it. Thanks for consistently buzzing my... Buzzing my crack? <laughs> Thank you for buzzing, consistently buzzing my crack. Huh. Keep helping these is handwritten. Keep helping the slaves to recognize truth, O oh, guardians of reality. Signed, Sir B and B. Hmm. All right, thank you. I'll give him a karma or something. Jeez. Yeah, I'd love to for buzzing his crack or whatever. You've got crack. karma. I don't know. Mark Russi in Saint Hubert, Quebec, Saint Hubert. $250. Uh, hi, John and Adam. It's been too long, way too long since my last donation, but I've decided to rectify the situation today on the eve of show 599. Could I please get a Clooney as a spy karma for myself and all No Agenda listeners fighting health issues? Keep up the incredible work you do. All right, absolutely. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney is a spy. You've got... 
karma. That, by the way, is a nice combo. That isn't bad. It works nicely. It's got a nice pace and flow. It does. Carlos Grabix. Carlos Grabix in Mechanicsville, Virginia. And if you know what a mechanic is, you know what that means. $248. Thanks for the champagne suggestion from show 569. It does indeed go with everything. I, I think it was mentioned that champagne is, should be used as a dinner wine. Yes, that, that was for one of the Obot dinners, and you suggested I serve champagne. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always a winner, if you can get it at a reasonable price, and if it's real champagne. Looking for some g- general karma for my 48th birthday today, March 9th, hence the 248 donation, along with some science from Dr. Kiki. Oh, absolutely. Shut Har- up already. Science. You've got karma. There you go. John Donovan. Uh, which I think I get a note from John. I got another. Oh, I did. Damn it. Uh, I did, had to look it up. Uh, hold on a second while you stall. Okay. Uh, mm, er, uh, Ban Bossy. <laughs> you could have done a better job of stalling than that. Yeah, John Donovan. Okay, here we go. Uh, here he is. Been fighting with PayPal, multiple passwords ch- changes earlier today, so emailing this in, well, in case it doesn't get through, which apparently didn't. Uh, ITM gents from Sir JD, please give a jobs, 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 little girl, yay, karma shout out to all the producers, knights, and no agenda families out there. This is the third on my in my show six, 600 progression. How many, how many guys are doing this? Well, oh, he's got the, Sir J.D. The, up above. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, okay. It's Sir J.D. Eyes. Yeah, Sir J.D. twice. Okay. Did we miss one somehow? No, it's up there. It says Sir J.D. Okay. Uh, let me see what this one says. There's another note from him. People send a lot of email. <laughs> although, so although I have to say that in general, I prefer if people use email properly, which is with hashtags in the subject line, because if you say... Make the subject uh, make sense. People don't understand that. If you say put a hashtag, oh okay, and don't <laughs> yes, yeah, here's and and don't here, here's what I here's what gets you not opened. Check this out, and then you just <laughs> right. and then you just have a link. Yeah, video you must see. No, it, by the way, if no. there's no wordage with the link, it, no. it it's usually spam. No, Somebody trying to trick no, you. No, no, no. I, I, I almost have no spam. I have to say. Now I'm running my oh, own mail server. Yeah. All right. That's onward. All right. Well, anyway, he, he needs a, a jobs, brain. jobs, jobs, karma. Yeah. Jobs, okay. jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. Nice. Somebody's gonna get jobs today. Oh yeah. Ed Lee Boutulier in Hesperia, California. Two hundred dollars. Uh, I finally got my tax return, another guy with his tax return, so here's some value nice. for value. I was thinking about giving it to the Hillary for Emperor in 2016 campaign, but I just couldn't do it. Mwahaha, he says. <laughs> Not really. You guys are so much more deserving. Thank you. And finally, uh, the Baroness von Stealth Mode, our friend from <laughs> Dame Francine, Bay, yeah. Uh, says uh, $200. Did she get her tax return finally? This is no. This is for a celebration of show six hundred. I've been listening to the show for so long that it no longer sounds wacky to me. <laughs> it's all too real. <laughs> Keep going. I love you both. Ah, I love you too. Of course, okay, she she also our, she also wears Google Glass. Yes. Well, as you know, she can't. She's not perfect. <laughs> 
So everybody, we want to thank everyone who's come in here for an executive producership or a producership, associate executive producership for show 599. We do have 600 coming up on Sunday, and we look forward to a good day and, uh, and a lot of fun. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA. We have some special features. Wow, that's going to be that's going to be our big six hundred. That's going to be what are you uh, what are you wearing for the big six hundred? Underwear. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Well, there you go, everybody. And uh, while you're at it, why don't you uh, hop over to uh, noagendanation.com, Check out uh, all the bags in the store and other things that are uh, on sale there. And uh, as John said, Sunday there will be another program, the big six hundred. Dvorak Slash N A. Of course, you still need to do some very important work, which is going out and propagating the formula. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hey, citizen. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. Yeah, so with all of this, uh, Flight 370 business going on, which, by the way, the news uh, readers, the news models really have no shame. They will go. And they're beside themselves with nothing to tell us. Yeah. And and they just go on and on. Seriously, I I I wasn't able to get a clip of it yet, but Bill Nye, the science guy with Pierce Moron sitting there with a big orange box that says, Flight Data Recorder. Really? (laughs) <laughs> That's not television I anymore, that. people. Oh, no, I, I think I saw it this morning, so it was probably a rerun Flight or something. Oh, and that that was quite disturbing, I have to say. Um, so there is a lot of other stuff going on in the world. Would you like to reach into my flight data recorder, Pierce? <laughs> um, staying here locally in Austin, um, and I spent a lot of time again, you know, uh, here, uh, check out everything at South by Southwest. Yeah, what did, yeah. yeah. You didn't really get to talk much about that, but okay. Well, see, it's just a douchebag fest. Did you see the stuff people are posting? Uh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I some of those things I have to retweet. I retweet some of that. Like one guy tweeted, "Everybody looks like they're either going to barf or take their pants off." I thought that was a good one. That's retweetable. Yeah. Um, of course we had uh, the rock star status. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? No. Snowden. No. I'm not kidding. That is that was what everybody was talking about. Snowden's like a rock star. Rock star status. And this You know, we both looked at that and looked over the trend. It was the guy how boring can any one person be? Uh pretty boring. Uh but also I felt really jumping the shark big time. Um Okay, so Chris Segoyan, I think is his name, is he's from ACLU. So they basically had two handlers uh, on stage, and these guys were jabronis. Now they were like, "Oh, no one's no no applause for me. Maybe you'll have some applause for our guest today." And then, and, and you know the whole green yeah, no, I, I heard that too. And then the, oh, please and, get somebody on there that at least knows how to introduce. Yeah. And then the whole green screen with the Constitution in the background. Ah, uh, really? Uh, you know, and 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 starting off by saying, "Well, we're going through seven proxies." Hey, we all know he's in Russia. 
It's not like this yeah, is some what was big... The, I was going to ask about Yeah, I was going to bring that up on the show. I'm glad you reminded me. What's this big secret we have to have all what these proxies? What was the point of seven proxies? Do you think that the, that the CIA has no knowledge of where he is? All you have to yeah. do is follow the hot chick in the, in the little black dress. The they got him his room bugged. Yeah. So, oh, no. But no, that, that we used to do that. We used to make stuff up and say, oh, well, you know, because of the satellite interference is why the, when we basically some sound engineer had screwed something up. Well, yeah, yeah. No, it was just a crappy connection. They were using a Google Hangout. A Google Hangout. The irony is not lost on any of us. And here's a Chris Shigoygan, uh the ACLU lawyer, and he was on C-SPAN during the, uh, the Washington Question Hour. How did you actually set up a Google Hangout with Edward Snowden yesterday? Well, Ooh. we went to Google.com, Google Plus. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Oh, John, it, just, it wasn't easy. It was very... <laughs> Very complicated to set up this uh, this Google Hangout. Um, as I said in, in my remarks at, at the event yesterday, it wasn't the, the irony that we were using a Google product to communicate with Ed Snowden about spying uh, was not lost on me. Um, but the fact is, is that there aren't a lot of easy to use secure communications tools. Um, you know, we really had to to make a difficult choice between a tool that would. Uh, better protect uh, information about where he was and a tool that was easy to use and, and that would work. Um, we we ultimately went with, with Google's tool, but and then we had to, to layer on some additional protections to make sure that um, his location stayed private. Okay, I'm going to call big bullcrap on this, like big, big, big bullcrap. And first of all, we all know that Snowden is CIA. That's the, he, he never worked for the NSA. He was a contractor for Booz Allen, Right, and he still uh, carries is, his CIA credentials. Yeah, yeah. with Booz Allen, which is, owned, that. which is owned by the Carlyle Group, which is, you know, these guys are all, it's all the same. So he's CIA, and all the CIA guys use Google. We know that they use Gmail. Come on, that's what uh, the, the, what's his name, uh, who was our CIA guy who uh, was? Petraeus. Petraeus. You see, it, all, they all use Gmail. So it's, 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 a, it's a company product. It's okay. But don't give me all this, oh, Seriously, there is no other product out there that's open source that can give you real quality video. Bull crap. We get uh, emails f at least two a week. Try this out. Oh, here's the stuff that works on Linux. Here's, there's so many alternatives. There's a lot of alternatives. So this is just not true. Uh, so I'm, you know, it's, it's this, a plug for Google. It's thank like native you. advertising. Thank you. And, and well, let's, let's play this uh, second bit here. Um, consumers really need to reevaluate the relationship with the companies to whom they're entrusting their most private information because Google really does know an awful lot about you. They know when you're sick before you go to the doctor. They know when you're unhappy what? in your relationship. Yeah, you got to listen to this. This is really good. This is what, what uh, they're claiming uh, Google knows about you. Google really does know an awful lot about you. They know when you're sick before you go to the doctor. Okay. They know when you're because you know Google apparently already knew I was sick before I uh, even started the show this morning. They know when you're unhappy in your relationship. <laughs> Why? Because I'm Google, I'm looking at porn. Before you tell your spouse, um, they know if you're having suicidal thoughts because you're typing those things into the search engine. Ah. So we really need to make sure that the companies that have this private data really have our best interests in mind. These guys are. I've said this so many times. These guys are protecting Silicon Valley to a degree that is just vile. And Snowden's basic message was encryption, which is totally ludicrous.
I mean, if you if you look at the real problem is people, and that's why this guy is kind of funny what he was talking about. The real problem is we entrust our all of our stuff to these cloud-based companies who aren't, you know, they're not really in the business. Google's not really in the business of search or, or email. They're in the business of selling you. That's their business. And and by law, if the government comes along, just one of the many guys, but it could be a lawyer. If people don't, people find it strange that I don't carry a cell phone anymore. I stopped carrying a cell phone. What is it now, John? Six months? It's been a while. Yeah, five, six months. Like, really? Are you a, well, are you a, the NSA, they can listen to you anyway. No, you don't understand. I've been in court. And when you're in court and all of a sudden the opposing, and for business stuff, and the opposing lawyer pops up and says, well, here's where you were on this day, according to your cell phone records, that's what's scary. It's that anyone can subpoena this stuff and, and get it from any of these companies. So you, you, if you own it yourself, then a whole new set of rules applies. That's why we need to get off of all of these centralized systems. There's no reason for it. And no one is saying that, including Snowden. And I find this disturbing. It's not. Yes, encryption's important. Of course, of course. Well, if Snowden is CIA still, which we believe to be true, he is not going to message outside the parameters of what he's allowed to say and what he should be promoting, and that's what he promotes. Exactly. More encryption. Yeah. And we know it's bullcrap. Encryption doesn't do anything. No. Well, it's certainly not at the end. At the end point. No. And, uh, now that yet another PowerPoint slide, one PowerPoint slide. You know, you got to love Greg Green, well done, Ralph. His, uh, his intercept, first look, media, Pierre, drive my car thing. You know, it's, it's funny you mention that because I haven't looked at that for almost a week and a half. Well, I, I subscribed. They finally fixed the RSS feed, so I do oh, get it. Oh, it actually works. Yeah, so I do get the, the article or the articles. The article. <laughs> I get the article a week. And so they have one PowerPoint slide, and you know what, John? I got an idea. Well, I, l- let me tell you what it is first, and then bookmark that I have an idea. So they have this one PowerPoint slide, and the PowerPoint slide kind of says, or it's pictures. It's like a cartoon, and it says uh, they uh, that the NSA has spoofed. Uh, they made it look like you were connecting to a Facebook server when you really weren't, and that way they put all kinds of malware on your PC. Now, first of all. We know that the that the intelligence community is inside Facebook. Uh, um, Mueller. Mueller. Robert Mueller was uh, go read the Time Magazine article. He's just popping his head yeah, around the corner. He has an office there. Hey, how you dead. doing? How you doing, Mark? Just I was in just in the building anyway. Just wanted to say hi. I was checking up on the fake server we're using. Uh, so duh. Again, another reason not to use this stuff. So your so your um, your encryption is not going to help if they're sitting there taking screen grabs or whatever they're doing. The minute you decrypt, whoop, there it is. You can read everything. So it's it's flawed. The whole idea is flawed. Better is run your own mail server. Well, actually, it's not completely flawed if you can actually type in encryption. So you have some sort of huge device that's encrypting every letter, and you push the button. For you're going to type N, you push the button, yeah. you get a Q. Okay, yeah. Q. Then you A N N. I'm up to N. You push the button, and it gives you like an and yeah. ampersand. You yeah. put that okay. in. All right, that's you that's, could do that. Yeah, I could. Um. So here's my idea. Seeing as that that is a, a business model, you're good at PowerPoint. Let's just create some slides and say we got them Fake from slides. Yeah, okay. say we got them from some whistleblower. Yeah, yeah, we just, you know, but we'll make up something really outrageous. 
That's all I ever see. That's all I ever yeah. see. I only see PowerPoint slides. Yeah, and you'd be it would be slide twelve. No, we have to make it some like slide thirty three. So and, and the only clues in. Yeah. There. Oh yeah. And of course. And then the way you make it look official is you put at the bottom. You put in parentheses slash sig int no right. for and you know just put some of that stuff in there so Crap. it looks official. Yeah, garbage. We can do this. You can do this. Yeah, I think you know. Just use some of the templates. That's all they're doing. And yeah, then, no, they're not dreaming. And, anything and I just want to say, own. this is no proof of anything. Even though I'm, I'm sure it's true. It's no proof. It could just be a pitch. Who the hell knows what they're doing? Anyway, so um, the narrative, of course, is is in on Snowden. It continues. Uh, MSNBC has gotten some kind of memo uh, to hate Snowden. I mean, really, really hate him. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah. Of course. I haven't picked this up. Ah, well, you are not watching Frank Sinatra's Kid. Oh, you're right. I'm not watching Frank Sinatra's the, Kid. I'm sorry, the award-winning journalist. Yeah, this guy was on the air for three days. He wins a Cronkite Award, apparently a second. <laughs> now he's up for an honorary degree from two or three journalism schools. <laughs> I know. What is this? The guy's been on the air for a month, and he's like the famous guy. What are they grooming this guy for? MK Ultra. Oh, must or well, he actually has an MK Ultra look. He has a look about him. Well, here he is on his show. This is Ro- I think. What's her name? Was one of those people? Oh, Mia Farrow, definitely, yeah, totally. She's nuts. This is Ronan Farrow Daily, and he has on his show a little poll. The first up next. That brings us to our final update on today's battle of the day. Remember, we asked: Is Edward Snowden a traitor or a hero? This is. Could this guy Cronk- sound any more gay? This is Cronkite award-winning material in my book. <laughs> Day, remember, we asked, is Edward Snowden a traitor or a hero? Black and white terms for a pretty gray question. The winner, to my surprise, RFD traitor with 61%. It's interesting that if you look at the numbers of this around the country, it skews very age-specific with people under the age of 30 in a majority vote saying that his actions were good for national security and people over 30 less certain of it. Thank you, everyone who weighed in. A lot of passionate opinions on that. And this is a story on surveillance in this country that we will keep coming back to again and again. That wow. wraps things up for this edition of Ronan Farrow Daily. What kind of survey was this? Well, no, the t- people tweeted. It's not a survey. It's a bunch <laughs> of tweets, tweeters. Yeah, yeah they, they, so at the And be- they use that as their numbers? Yeah, at the beginning. No, a number of people tweeted no. <laughs> at the beginning of the show, he says, Snowden, traitor or hero, and then you tweet, and somehow, and, and I can't believe management has to slap him around over this. You can't say... Wow, that's crazy. Uh, young people think he's a hero, but since 60, 66% thought he was a traitor, that means only old people watch the show. You don't give your age on Twitter. Well, that's what he said. Where'd the age come from? I don't know. Well, oh, Were you supposed a- to put your age down? John, all of a sudden, you, you, you're, you're not really going to take any of this seriously, are you? Well, I'm just asking a simple question. Yeah, I don't have the answer. Okay. All right, so that's... So it's a- bull crap from the get-go. But the message is clear. Snowden traitor. Now, uh, I picked up another piece from MSNBC where they, they and, and this was with some, some douche knuckle on some show, and wow. He said, quote, the NSA is setting fire to the future of the internet, and then he called the people in the audience listening to his speech the firefighters. Now- yeah, th- that, by the way, that, that bug, bugged me as well, that Snowden said all that. Yeah, you're the firefighters. No, we're not. 
We just want to use our Foursquare. He said encryption in the future is key, very well worth it to continue this debate of security versus safety. Back to you. And Sean Willens is an author, a historian, and contributor to the New Republic. Is the New Republic, is that a right-leaning or left-leaning publication? Uh, It's kind of funny because it's not really either one. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, kind of like... uh, uh, it's, it's 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 an old throwback um, to a, a kind of a not a Barry Goldwater type conservative, but something di- just kind of alien. It's a very strange uh, world po- viewpoint they have. Mm. Uh, so he's been told to hate Snowden. And has written extensively on Edward Snowden. Thank you so much um, for be being here, here Sean. Great so here. first of all, I want to get your overall reaction to the Snowden presentation today. Well, I had three reactions. Disbelief, double disbelief, and confirmation. The disbelief what? was... Disbelief, what? double disbelief, and confirmation. Is that guy, was he doing stand-up at the local pub? <laughs> Is that supposed to be funny? Yeah, I guess. Double disbelief and confirmation. The disbelief was more or less what you began with. I mean, here was Edward Snowden in Moscow talking about how the American government could be imitated by evil governments elsewhere. At the very moment that his protector, Vladimir Putin, is launching a cyber attack on Ukraine. Now... I was unaware that there was some kind of cyber attack launched on Ukraine. Did did you read about this? No. Putin! Uh, so th- this guy is a liar. With a malware and so forth. With a malware and so forth. And so forth. <laughs> with a malware. Not malware, but with a malware. With a malware and so forth. <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> People wonder why we watch this stuff. Because... Wow. You know, laughter... Laughter actually repairs all the tears in the Matrix. <laughs> that's, that's why we have a comedy show. Vladimir Putin <laughs> is launching a cyber attack on Ukraine <laughs> with a malware and so forth. With a malware and so forth. I just like to throw that out from time to time. Hey, watch out. I could have a malware, malware and so forth. I, it, it, just, it just boggled my mind. It boggled my mind. It nothing was said. Mind. <laughs> Your mind must be boggleable. Nothing was going to be said, of course. Of course. But it ought to be asked. Well, well, were you surprised that no one in the audience, correct, I mean, maybe correct. the questions were pre-screened, we just don't know, but were you surprised that no Who's one brought fast up? talking chick? I don't know. Just listen She's to what she bossy. has to say. Yes. <laughs> Sort of those questions and that irony about Russia, his yeah, protection. Yeah, I, I gather they were pre-screened. So, look, he is under the protection of he the intelligence. That? <laughs> he well, he thinks the whole thing was set up. He is under the protection of the intelligence service, the secret service of, of Russia. He has, you know, <laughs> Vladimir Putin's lawyer is his lawyer. Now, what is this? What? He says what? Vlad- Vladimir Putin's lawyer is his lawyer. So apparently the Set. A. It's another piece of unknown information. The ACLU is apparently working for the Russians now. Huh. Isn't that weird? Why would he say that? Why would he say Vladimir Putin? I've been watching a lot of these shows on, you know, less uh, CNN, but these other, MSNBC and Fox. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these other, these kind of quasi-news operations. And they bring people on and they talk through their ass. And they just say stuff. RT has the same thing, same problem. So does uh, so does Democracy Now. Yeah, they just say stuff as if it's true, and then they you know this like the, when the Thom guy this would I triggered me got me off the deep end at the beginning of the show uh-huh. when the guy says well as as climate change worsens, the guy offhandedly <laughs> just throws it out there. He just says it as yeah. climate change worsens. worsens. I'm thinking, 
Since when did it start worsening? There was just a big article in The Economist showing that it's gone on pause. Yeah. How's that worsening? And anyway, it just yeah. it's bothersome. Well, there's there's two sides to that. One is there is a large majority of all news media, all print, radio, television, internet, that is following a uh, a mandate. And uh, and you know people ah, that's conspiracy theory. Okay, fine. Uh, and the other side is people they don't care. They're just throwing crap out there. There's no there's no no one's producing journalism. <laughs> like Grand Rima. Service of, of Russia. He has, you know, <laughs> Vladimir Putin's lawyer is his lawyer. He's not about to talk about that. Um, if he were to talk about it, well, it would be interesting to see if the Russians let him talk about it. But uh, it's all mirrors within mirrors, which is what a lot of what the story is all about. Which it, it, it reminds me. Uh, Wait a it, well, let me tell you what this reminds me of. Um, back in the early 90s, I'd go to uh, Z100, the morning zoo with Scott Shannon. And, you know, he would have people on who would do, like, entertainment stuff. We'd call them up. And, and in the entertainment world, people just make stuff up like this. And it's, and it's unchallenged. Like, oh, ho, ho, we all laugh about it. Oh, ho, ho, ring the bell, bang the drum. Um, it's just... It's, well, it's he's just, also it, mixing metaphors in some odd way, like mirrors within mirrors. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You know what? He's he, all he cares about is that uh, he's on TV, he, having the time of his life. <laughs> Maybe he'll get laid. That, that's pretty much it. That because you know you're not getting paid. That's for sure. No. And then of course we had uh, the real fun stuff, which is also completely being mischaracterized for what it really is. Uh, did you have a short clip of uh, of fine uh, fine knuckle? I have something. I have three minutes. Oh, you got one twenty-eight. I have a. This is this is this is within the. Um, I'm sorry. It's within a bigger. Is it within a context? Uh, then let me let me play a small bit. A uh, Diane Feinstein, a uh, Senator Feinstein. Uh, well, actually, let me, I think this this is a good setup clip, so okay. I think you should play mine first. Can, should I set it up, the clip, or does this clip set it up itself? I think the clip sets it up. The it's CIA from, uh, uh, and the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee blew up publicly today. California Democrat Dianne Feinstein accused the agency of improperly searching a computer network set up for senators to review classified material. It was part of a probe into interrogations of terror suspects. The CIA search may well have violated the separation of powers principles embodied in the United States Constitution, including the speech and debate clause. It may have undermined the constitutional framework essential to effective congressional oversight of intelligence activities or any other government function. The head of the CIA, John Brennan, later disputed any claim that the agency tried to obstruct the Senate investigation. He spoke at an event in Washington. We are not uh, trying at all to prevent its release. Um, as far as the allegations of, you know, CIA hacking into, you know, Senate computers, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, we, we wouldn't do that. When the facts come out on this, I think a lot of people who are claiming that there has been this tremendous sort of spying and monitoring and hacking will be proved uh, wrong. The issue has now been referred to the Justice Department to determine if there were any criminal wrongdoing. Yeah. Uh, so this is being played as, um, as it, 
saying that, oh, this is really about uh, the Bush torture program. But of course it's not. What this is about is the NSA versus the CIA. And to me, at least to me, it was clearly very obvious. Whereas uh, Feinstein, who has been all in on NSA spying on citizens, um, all of a sudden, you know, uh, she has an opportunity to lash out at the CIA. And the CIA is the, are the ones that are trying to bring the whole NSA down a peg because those guys got all the money. And, I think and, that and element's resources. in play. I think that's I agree. big time in play. Um, now, I watched the whole uh, Brennan event, which was mentioned here in this clip. Yeah, it was at the Council of Foreign Relations, I think, or one of those things. And Andrea Mitchell, who is a news model, <clears throat> she was she was interviewing him and narrating the event. Um, and did she, she stop the event and and break for a, a Justin for a Bieber commercial. breaking news? <laughs> she should have. And so, if there was any inappropriate actions that were taken related to that review, either by CIA or by the SSCI staff, I'll be the first one to say we need to get to the bottom of it. And if I did something wrong, I will go to the president and I will explain to him exactly what I did and what the findings were. And uh, he is the one who can uh, ask me to stay or to go. Okay. Well, that, that's the words we need to hear. That the president, and of course, if I were the president, and I wouldn't fire the guy who can drone me. Hey, why don't you hang around? You're just fine, Mr. Brennan. Now, well, I think there is a part of this that is out to get Brennan. I don't know what part, but I get the sense there is. And also, this is a convoluted story at the base. If you listen to the news hour report, he says, you know, we're, no one, we don't care about anyone preventing the release. He never mentions what it is. It's this huge 6,000-page report yeah, on yeah, torture. Yeah. And then it turns out that the Justice Department, or I'm sorry, the CIA, filed a complaint with the Justice Department against the committee, which doesn't get talked about hardly at no, all. No, no. Because what happened was the way – the way I understand it, and you tell me what you understand, is that the CIA actually set up a special computer system owned by the CIA for the committee's use. And so they were monitoring it, and apparently the committee was using this free computer, and then the stuff would start to disappear from it because the CIA was knowing yeah. everything that was going on, yeah. and that's because it's their computer. Yeah. Now, the what happened apparently is one of the staffers or a whistleblower from the possibly the NSA – got into the system and printed out some memos that weren't supposed to be seen. Or taken to, away from the secure area. And they were taken out of the secure area and handed over to Feinstein and the committee, and they blew up. Yeah. Saying, wait a minute, we didn't know this. We're supposed <laughs> to know everything. And meanwhile, that, they put this indictment out. And so then Feinstein countered with her indictment of interfering with the oversight committee. And this is now a, just a joke. And it's not clear what's where, what's where it's headed. You want to hear a, uh, a joke. Brennan starts off this thing, this uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Now, I remember us talking about this on the show. Uh, I was surprised he actually stood up there, admitted it, and, and made like it was hilarious. Now, just over a year ago, I had the privilege of placing my hand on the very first printed copy of the Constitution a draft edited and annotated personally by George Washington himself that is one of the most treasured items held in the National Archives. With my hand on that document, Vice President Biden swore me in as the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. I chose to take my oath on that precious piece of history as a clear affirmation of what the Constitution means to all of us at the agency. 
We have no higher duty than to uphold and defend the rule of law as we strive every day to protect our fellow citizens. Like so many things involving CIA, though, people read nefarious intentions into my decision to take my oath on an early draft of the Constitution that did not contain the Bill of Rights, our Constitution's <laughs> first ten amendments. So at the risk of disappointing any conspiracy theorists who might be here today, let me assure all of you that I, along with my CIA colleagues, firmly believe in and honor not only the Constitution, but also the Bill of Rights, as well as all subsequent amendments to our Constitution. Well, that's have... that then. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. He, he, basi- oh, okay. he basically took the oath, but not on uh, the first 10 amendments, which include, I don't know, speech, yeah. freedom yeah. of press, right to bear arms, search, uh, a warrantless search. <laughs> and then he made, but he has the gall to stand there and say, hey, you conspiracy theorists who might be here. Uh, trust well, me. If I was going to go, if I was going to, I don't remember what's talking about it, but I, we probably yeah. did. Oh, sure. yeah. oh. I would have thought the following. The guy's religious and he couldn't t- put his hand on the Bible and, and swear the oath because he knows he'd he be knows he's s- full of crap. He'd be, he'd be <laughs> hit by lightning. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, I saw you had something on uh, Abby Martin. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, Abby Martin. Because I have a follow up. Oh, I have a I have a Liz Wall follow up. Well, this is on. This is her going off on on uh, nuclear power. Oh, good. Or in bad. a very awkward way that I thought was, and it's just really kind of an evergreen piece. I, it's, if it's about Liz Wall, it's not nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. Well, should we hold on to this, or do you want to? No, I'm going to hold on to it. Okay, so we're not going to play that. Good. Then let me let me play this uh, Liz Wall thing. Um. And dug back a little bit, uh, you know, to some of her previous work as a news model, a news model of the future, multi-culty girl. She has the look. She uh, does. Let us uh, reminisce for one moment, a callback <clears throat> to her answer to Neil Cavuto's questions. Uh, would you go to MSNBC? Uh, maybe. Would you go to CNN? Yes. Would you go to Fox? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll see what offers stand. Let's, we'll watch closely. It's all a promotional stunt anyways, isn't it? That's uh, what saying. Okay. So she clearly said here she would go to CNN. And the reason why she... Why did she leave RT again, John? Please please refresh my she memory. She can't... She, because <laughs> she can't put up with the, with the uh, barbaric Putin uh, <laughs> and the lies that the Russian government has, makes her say. Or I don't know. It's just some dumb reason. Here she is. Uh, See, from- I'll tell you why. Because they weren't paying her crap. Yeah. I'm sure. Here she is from 2012, interviewing Amber Lynn from CNN. Now, uh, the documentary that we just saw a clip of never aired. It never aired on CNN International. Why not? <laughs> well, I, I still haven't been given uh, an exact reason as to why not why it didn't air. I went and visited with the president of CNN International, Tony Maddox, twice uh, on behalf of my dumbfounded crew, and, uh, and we were never given uh, a, an answer. And so I started uh, investigating the situation, Liz, after several employees who'd been at the network for years approached me and said, you need to look into this. There's something going on. It's very strange. They're not airing your documentary. I should mention this is uh, the documentary about Bahrain uh, that was not aired. 
and after some investigation, we found out that CNN International is actually making money from the Bahrain regime. They, they are a, a customer of Bahrain. Bahrain is paying CNN International to create content that shows Bahrain in a favorable light. Uh, and, and then air, also not only to create that content list, to then air that content on CNN International. Uh, the, the military troops shot and killed unarmed protesters. I'm very, I'm surprised. Do you think Liz forgot? Uh, okay, this? stop, 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 stop. Is that the end of the clip? It goes a little, it goes on if you, yeah, that's clip of the day. Oh, thank you so much. That's kind of <laughs> clip of the day. <laughs> Let me just check one more time. Uh, would you go to MSNBC? Uh, maybe. Would you go to CNN? Yes. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. you know, CNN beautiful. is... CNN is beautiful. Beautiful ob- catch. <laughs> CNN is obviously... It's like over the head, running toward the wall, <laughs> slamming off the wall. Putin! With the ball in your hand. <laughs> and that is how we call out the bossy morons. I'm going to show my support by donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, my mistake. I see it here. Shall I just play it? No. I'm sorry. I have to set this up. Now, I'm we're going to start this over again, and you're going to play that after this is done. I'm sorry. I, 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 I slipped. Do a lot of work. I'm so, I slipped. I'm sorry. I, I didn't do it on purpose. I'm just going to explain to the audience. I went to a lot of work. I was watching some of the professionals who know how to ask for money on PBS. Yes. And I realized that they're essentially asking for the people out there to donate to our show. And with some very, very, very slick editing, I put together this little pre-donation <laughs> clip that will just show you. I mean, this is, I think it's, they're talking about us. Now, hold on a second. This is PBS, Public Broadcast System. This is the television guys who, even though they have commercials every 15 minutes, real commercials, they still... Ask, have to pitch. They have to pitch for money from viewers like you, and uh, and this is and you have uh, done you have done some produced some journalism here, and uh, got, so it's now a slick production for the No Agenda Show. Every contribution will go to, straight to work for us. So even though you might be hard pressed to put a dollar value on everything you get from the No Agenda Show, <laughs> please take a minute to give it a try. <laughs> Just ask yourself how much it's worth to hear thoughtful discussion and analysis of news stories without the angry confrontations you find elsewhere. Think about the value of journalists who explore those issues in depth with solid reporting and valuable insights. A program like The No Agenda Show makes you a more informed citizen and helps you make important decisions in your life. That's why we think you'll agree that it's NoAgendaShow.com is worth your support. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Very good. <laughs> by the way, I think somehow, I'm not sure how it works, but you get a clip of the day as well. <laughs> clip of the day. It's not a clip. It's produced. <laughs> Slick, I might add. Slick. <laughs> I expect to get a job using that on my reel. Able to 
Colorado, we want to thank a few oh. people who helped us up on show 599. Oh. Able to Colorado, $146.01 from Broomfield, Colorado. You guys are always keeping me ahead of the news. So for my value for value, I'm throwing ahead of the curve with one for 601. And it is 14601. Nice. Which is a gimmicky little way of doing it. We got that from somebody who came in for 14600, 146.00. Maxwell Thin, $111.11 from Seattle. I don't have a note from him. I'm sure he wants to bring some people up on the stage. Kevin Benson, $100.01. We're not doing the stage today anyway. Kevin Benson, $101.01 from Yowie Bay, New South Wales. And that apparently is 33 in binary. Ooh. Ooh. Nice, huh? Nice. Huh. Okay. One we'll zero to, zero zero one. Yeah, we'll have to deal with that. Uh, Sir Stephen McGrath in Darien, Illinois, hundred dollars even. Jay Kumar in Beverly, Massachusetts, one hundred. <laughs> Kurt Kubal in Mound, Minnesota, nuts with uh, nine nine nine, and then also Jared Wolf in Netherland which is where you can have those meetings with your buddies in the diplomatic. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Texas. Netherlands, uh, Texas. Oh, I said, please give me and my wife some newlywed karma. Jared and Whitney Wolf were honeymooning in Fredericksburg, Texas, and will be listening to the show on the long drive home. Oh, that's nice. Well, I mean, let me give them a little bit of uh, honeymoon karma there. You've got karma. Sometimes we can do that. Okay. Sir Grebulon chimes in from Tel Aviv at 6970, and he does have something to say, which I have to mention. He says, I'm, this, <clears throat> you do I'm reading State of Fear, and I have to say it's a bad book. Not only it's boring, but it also feels propagandistic. Be sure that I don't buy into the global warming crap, but this book doesn't help. I don't recommend, I don't recommend reading it. If you're a believer, it won't turn you, and it, you're not no point in boring yourself. Yeah, but the, the book is not meant as, to change anyone's mind. It's a, it's, a, it's a novel. Yeah, it's fiction. Yeah. Well, he, he was looking for something else, and he's highly disappointed. Sir Andrew Gardner in Charlotte <laughs> you know what Hall. He, he's from Israel. He's an angry Jew, John. That's what happens. <laughs> angry, angry Jew. Grebulon's always been angry. <laughs> yeah, he has. So let's go to uh, our little theme oh, song oh, here. Hey, hey, hey. 69! 69! Also, only two today. Oh, back down to two, which is our thematic uh, number. Sir Andrew Gardner is in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. And he is uh, matched up with James Deering in Conroe, Texas. And we do have a happy birthday coming up. And it says something here about Elliot Gardner. Do we have Elliot Gardner as a knight? <clears throat> well... I, this is what's interesting. I sent you, I forwarded, the, it was, you were copied on the email, I forwarded the email, I sent it again, and you just refused to answer. I did? Yes. So, we'll just, uh, just do the, the, do the birthday part and we'll talk about the other part. Okay. Uh, Sir Andrew, I don't remember getting this mail. No, well, because... Sir, the, okay, no, I'm not going to worry about it. But anyway, Sir, he, he, wants, okay. he wants case, to wish... It's a black <clears throat> He wants to wish Elliot... Gardner, a happy birthday tomorrow on the 14th, which okay. we will do. But he was, you know what? We need to discuss it anyway. <clears throat> Sir Andrew Lemonsony. Hold, hold on a second. 
He wanted to transfer credits for you can't transfer your credits to someone else's knighthood. You can't do that, can you? We do it all the time. No, but no, but of of already donated. So he well, is he a double? Okay, we'll talk about it. We're we'll <laughs> to have a meeting. Ah, well, that's why I sent you the email twice. Well, I didn't see it. I don't know what. Maybe this title subject line it was something I didn't want to look you, at. If you listen, and I'll, I'll shut up. When you send me an email, I read it. Yeah, I send you an email. The subject's not good enough. No, I don't know why I didn't open it. You know, it probably came in at some weird hour. You have those strange Texas hours. I don't know. I'm sorry. I normally read your email. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that uh, your emails, the way you consume emails based on time. It's a fact. So if I send it in the middle of the night, the chances are it won't get read? Probably, because I'll wake up in the morning with 400 emails backed up, and I just kind of glance at them, and I'm on my way to do the email that comes in in the morning. Wow. I get a lot of email. From who? You want me to go over the list? Yeah, would you want you, me to go over the list for the last hour, the 400, 500 names that are on here? It's no one from the No Agenda show because they always email me when they say, tell John he's wrong. Tell John <laughs> there were 16,000 people dead in the tsunami. Did you get those emails? No. Because Well, you said that was wrong. It was 1,600. I must have received 100 emails. John's wrong. It's 16,000. The report was right. You didn't get a single one of those emails. No. Oh. So where, what are these 400 emails you're getting? Oh, I, well, I'm going to look at Please join now. us at South by Southwest for our whiskey <laughs> tasting. Wow. You just... You, okay, uh, we're all, here's the ones I got from you that I haven't opened. All right. There's three of them. They just came in. Just now. <laughs> no, there's got to be more. No, as well, I, I can read all the ones that... Okay, break... Okay, here's one. Adam, here's one from March 12th. It says, RE newsletter, please read ASAP. I did not open this, but now I'm going to open it. It says, some of them could bring a pretty penny. Okay. All right. I didn't need to open that. I don't know what it means. It was a response um, to your to your email, about the joke about the newsletter. Oh, okay. Well, because you had, you, you. Okay, uh, here's the other one that you sent that I didn't open. Uh, world's owners, somebody else. Compensation math. I don't have the email about about. That's uh, that's the know. one right there. What is what well, is compensation it? mathematics slash common core? No. ITM NA five nine nine donation three four six hundred. No. Intro. So you're telling me that you don't have an email? Well, this is a problem. I find this to be a serious problem if you're not getting my emails. I don't have any email that I haven't opened. And what was the title of it? I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You have a sent box? Yes, I do. Um, it was birthday request. No, that's not birthday it. I'm sorry. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Hold on. That's not it. Uh, here it is. A Gardner. Hashtag donation note. Hashtag nighting. Hashtag birthday. Okay. Well, let me just look up in the search engine. Hashtag birthday and see if I got anything in here. Because it's not showing up on this list. Hashtag birthday. I forwarded it twice. Well, No. No messages found with hashtag birthday. Hmm. 
Don't put hashtags in the subject line. It probably gets pulled away as spam. <laughs> wow, no wonder you're not getting any email. Everybody's putting hashtags in. It's I don't recommend it. <laughs> I recommend it. What kind I'm looking of, in the spam, high spam box is not in here. What kind of, what kind really, of setup no, it, are you I'm running sure that's there? Where it, went. it went right to spam because it looks like a piece of spam. <laughs> it's not spam. You're sending me spam. No wonder I'm not <laughs> opening your mail. All right. Onward Hashtag. then. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, Sir Andrew. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll look into the hashtag thing, but yeah. I believe that's what it is, which is great. <laughs> yeah, for you. It's Anthony Coangelo, back to work, $60.05. Uh, congratulations on show 600. We got a lot of 60s. So we had 60, 6009, 6005. Robert Macbeth, 6005. This means they want us to go dark. <laughs> Alan, uh, he's in Vancouver. Alan Cavado the third in Midlothian, Virginia, sixty dollars and five cents. It means he wants us to go dark, dark. on four twenty, which is Easter, which is the day you're taking off, and coincidentally is four twenty day. Hello, it's you're going back on the stuff. <laughs> That's right. I'm going back on the four twenty. Okay, uh, Brian Doherty in Brooklyn, New York. And by the way, these people all say, I think you guys need to take a break. Well, that doesn't mean we can't do a clip show. Uh, Dame Monica Lansing in Drayton Valley, Alberta. Uh, she uh, gave $60.04, so that's the fourth thing. I don't remember what it was. Paul Robertson, Upper Tract, West Virginia, $60.04. Michael K K K Kowalczyk. Michael Kowalczyk in Bell Mead, New Jersey, $60.02. Israel Cazares in Houston, $60.02. Matthew Januszewski in Chicago, $60.02. The rest of these are $60 congratulatory donations. See if there's anything, read along there and see if there's anything we um, should mention. James Callahan in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Brandy Prunier in Phoenix, Arizona, the birthday there. Mark Montgomery in Mississauga, Ontario. Dave Carey in Clermont, Florida. Scott Fuller in Cumming, Georgia. Luke DiCarlo in Bay City, Michigan. And scroll down. Sir Timothy Cheng, uh, knight and mothership pass holder here. Just want some karma for my girlfriend, Nuria, for being with me through thick and thin. Well, we do uh, we do break for nights, so might as well do that one for a second. You've got karma. We try. He's in Somerville, Massachusetts. Massachusetts nuts, I'm sorry. Sebastian White in Castle Rock, Colorado, $60. And he already got some job karma and liked it. Sir Sander Hochsbergen in Zandam. So this is uh, his third. He says he's now, uh, I think he's a baron now. He's a baron. Yeah. Hey. Hey, baron. Eric uh, Makarowicz. 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 Right. In Socorro, New Mexico. Second Mile Productions in uh, Liberty, Maine. That's our friends who used to be in Ohio where we stayed on the Hot Pockets tour, and they're yeah, now in Maine. Maine. Yeah. You guys are the best, he says. Mikhail Garber in Issaquah, Washington, 60. Eric Wells, 60, from Jefferson, Georgia. And next to him is Sean Reed in Bethlehem, Georgia, 60. Sir Brian Ferguson, Foothill Ranch, California. He's a baronet, actually. Daniel Hoffman, Urbana, Illinois, 60. We got a lot of 60s here. Well, that's Gibson, because of this. It's a, it's a celebration. celebration. Holly Springs, North Carolina. Tim 
Connor in Edmonton, Alberta. And finally, uh, Patrick Began in Arlington, Massachusetts. And Kyle Media Group, K-I-L-E Media Group in Mount Airy, Maryland. Onward. Richard Gordon, uh, 5994 in Greeley, Colorado. And he, uh, Greeley, Greeley, what's this about Greeley? There's something about, there's a story about that place. Stephen Schwartz in Schwartz, 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 Texas. Is it Schwartz? You're in Texas. I don't know. 5992. <clears throat> I don't know. Anders Edqvist in Holgersten, <laughs> Sweden, 5678. Sir Kevin Payne, Richmond, Virginia, 5069. Shannon Atkins in Warren, Michigan, uh, 5050. 50-50. You don't get enough of those. Barcelona Jazz, $50.01 in Edinburgh, Midlothian, UK. Uh, Walter Grant IV in Moreno Valley, California. These are all $50 donors. Brandon Savoy. Parts Unknown, Mike Westerfield, Parts Unknown, Paul Vela in Milton Keynes, Buckinghamshire, UK. Finally, Antonio McMullen, Jason Fortin, Geneva, Illinois, Sukovi Alexander in Moscow. Say hi to uh, Snowden, by the way. John Strag in San Antonio, Texas, who's sent a nice note. Kevin Hamilton in Chantilly, Virginia. And finally, Scott Soltis, who is a c- common contributor from Minneapolis, Minnesota Nuts. Wow. Nice list. Thank you all very much for the uh, 600 uh, uh, congratulations. Uh, we, uh, of course, those are the 60s and the 600s. Our uh, many, many thanks to our executive producers for today's show, our special producers, special executive producers, and our associate executive producers. And, of course, the big uh, 600 is on Sunday. And we really appreciate everyone uh, helping us out as we, uh, well, really keeping the show going. Yes, we have to have these events every once in a while. And uh, I'd just like to remind everybody uh, uh, how it works and why we do it. Every contribution will go straight to work for us. So even though you might be hard-pressed to put a dollar value on everything you get from the No Agenda Show, please take a minute to give it a try. Just ask yourself how much it's worth to hear thoughtful discussion and analysis of news stories without the angry confrontations you find elsewhere. Think about the value of journalists who explore those issues in depth with solid reporting and valuable insights. A program like The No Agenda Show (laughs) makes you a more informed citizen and helps you make important decisions in your life. That's why we think you'll agree that it's noagendashow.com is worth your support. There you go. And here's the karma for everybody who requested some. You've got karma. (laughs) And help us out for Sunday's show. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Dan Wycheck celebrated uh, two days ago, March 11th. uh, Cartis Graubix, Jr., turns 48 today, and Sir Andrew Gardner says happy birthday to Elliot Gardner. He'll be celebrating tomorrow on the 14th. And Brandy Prunier says happy birthday to Dominic Masangelo, uh, born on the 10th of March of this year. Happy birthday. Welcome, Human Resource, from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And we congratulate Sir Sander Hoxbergen, uh, who has now become a baron uh, of the No Agendas. And we uh, do not have his protector info yet, but I presume he'll want to do something in the lowlands. 
maybe he should uh, take Groningen. They need some protecting up there from all the fracking, all the earthquakes. So what I could do is I can put you... I never thought I'd have to do this, but I'm going to do it. Put me on the whitelist. I'm, I'm going to put you on the whitelist, which has never been a problem before, but that's before you start using hashtags in the subject line. And so I will put you on the whitelist. I won't have to worry about the hashtags in the subject line anymore. Well, I mean, but it's... So a one character determines whether it goes to spam or not? Well, you said yourself was hashtag this, hashtag that, hashtag this. It looks like a piece of spam. No, Apparently it, people are doing this. To, it's probably some new spam trick that is being... <laughs> That no. some people use. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is it disappeared. I don't know how spam, you know, I have enough trouble getting people to open our newsletter. Yeah, that's true. I got an email from someone today, you know, telling us to sh- with a picture of that. We ran this picture in December. I, of course, I'm always scolding some of these people. You do the same thing. Sends me the picture that we ran in the newsletter and talked about in, uh, in December of uh, Obama chatting up the uh, Danish woman with the, with Mrs. Obama giving him the oh, stink yeah, the, eye. Right, 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 right. Sends me this picture. Says, Send us to Adam. It proves that there's a affair going on. Of you know, and, yeah. And I said, what? Are you, this is like old, old yeah. under the water under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, and I said, and then I criticized him for not looking at the newsletter or listening uh, for that. Matter. I think a lot of people don't listen to the show and then they send us stuff. To, you know, those guys have no agenda would like this. Yeah. No, no, it's worse than that. The people have, um, what's that iPad app The uh, like the, that turns everything into like a magazine? Flipboard. Oh, yeah, Flipboard. Yeah. And so they, you know, like, wow, this is an interesting article. Let me send it. Click. And, you know, that's the problem. But it's okay. I don't mind. Um, cause I have, a, a, I run my own mail server. I don't, you know, I run it. So, you know, if things start to disappear, or don't show up, then I can make them appear. I don't have to talk to some guy. You know, it, you, I believe that you can't even receive email from AOL currently. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> so, uh, I'll whitelist it. What makes you say that? Uh, because I know your guy and, uh, and. He's a he's kind of aggressive. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what he does. Okay, so for some reason, here's what happens: for some reason, your email, if you send it to an AOL an AOL dot com address, AOL automatically uh, blocks that. So oh. what? So what he does is, oh fuck him! I'll block him back. Which means you don't. <laughs> which means you don't get any email from anyone on AOL dot com account. Do I want any email from anyone <laughs> on AOL Maybe not. It's not. It's not a problem for me. Uh, let's talk about Ukraine for a moment. Um, I do have some concerns, um, and uh, amidst all of the very important news that Bill Nye, the science guy, is telling us about the uh, the black boxes, and uh, oh, Chinese satellite pictures. Amidst all of that, uh, wow, I checked out some ABC World News tonight. Uh, wow, 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 wow. They are really, really hyping it. You played that, I think, the Diane Sawyer uh, uh, stuff with all the sound effects. They, they keep doing this. This is really insane. Um, and they, they, they brought back uh, clips from the 50s even. That signal means to stop whatever you are doing and get to the nearest safe place fast. That very real threat of nuclear war seems a long time ago. 
But watching developments this week, it was hard not to think about those bad old days of the Cold War. Russian troops on the march, the U.S. sending fighter jets to Eastern Europe. <laughs> Vladimir Putin test-firing an intercontinental ballistic missile. That ICBM, though unarmed, an especially sharp reminder that America still remains on alert for nuclear war. Listen to all these great sound effects. They literally are showing the ICBM, the jets, they're showing satellite dishes spinning. Nuclear bomb. Across mushroom the clouds. planes of our country are scattered. I'm not kidding. You showed a mushroom cloud. 450 of them. Nuclear-tipped missiles that could destroy the world. Still manned every hour of every day. You could drive by this remote site and have no idea there was a nuclear missile silo here. But essentially, the nuclear warhead is just 10 feet below me. They actually went out of the studio and did a remote like uh, ENG shoot in the desert in the desert to go talk to the nuke uh, the 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 tip the, the nuclear tipped operators that's not, the way she said that sounded kind of sexual by the way the tip the tip is armed <laughs> didn't you hear that yeah no but i i can drive by this ro- i want to hear that again Everything on television is sex, sexually based. and planes of our country are scattered 450 of them. Nuclear-tipped missiles that could destroy <laughs> the world. I've got a nuclear-tipped missile in my pants for you, baby. All right. So, um, okay, so they're, they're hyping up. Uh, and, and this works, by the way. People watch ABC and look at this and go, holy crap, nuclear war. I see a mushroom cloud. There's a nuclear-tipped missile. But they're also hyping, and this is dangerous, civil war in Ukraine, which there is, there is really no discussion about, but they're just making it up. Now to that escalating war of words between President Obama and Vladimir Putin over Ukraine. This morning, Russia tightening its grip on the strategic region of Crimea, despite warnings from the White House. ABC's Alex Marquardt is in the middle of it all in Crimea, where in just days, a critical vote will determine if the country splits apart. This is so not true. The country's not going to split apart. It's not like the half Thanks of the... for having me on tonight. Oops. My argument is Where'd that, that we're whoa, 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 That was weird. Sorry. So, so she's, they're literally making it up. Yeah, uh, we could have the autonomous region of Crimea, uh, and it's, it's not like it's going to, like, jump up and run over to Russia, but it's also there's not going to be a split the middle of the country, but that's what they want you to believe. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Good morning, Martha. These forces are part of what is believed to be a growing Russian presence here believed. in Crimea. Believe, yeah, because they have no insignias. This morning, their control tightening by the minute. Of course, Russia is denying these troops are even theirs. On the move, large unmarked convoys of troops believed to be Russian believe. this weekend crisscrossing the Crimean Peninsula. The Ukraine-Crimea border reportedly now littered with landmines Reportedly. planted by <laughs> Don't you love it? Russian forces who for the past three days have blocked international military monitors from entering Crimea, even firing warning shots. In just 10 days, Russia has seized Crimea, border crossings, airports, government buildings, and military bases. Just a handful still in Ukrainian control, but surrounded. 
and diplomatic efforts are still going nowhere. Presidents Obama and Putin talking past each other on an hour-long phone call. The U.S. criticizing next weekend's scheduled vote here to decide if Crimea should break off and join Russia. Crimea is... Ukraine. We support the <laughs> territorial integrity. Now, listen, now we're going to get man on the street uh, of Ukraine. As Crimea prepares for next Sunday's referendum, this mostly Russian region is showing where its allegiances lie. So what kind of passport would you like to have? Russian. I hate Ukrainians. I hate Ukrainians. I hate you. So this is so, this is real wow, propaganda. that was bad. Yeah, this is huge, huge, huge propaganda. Yeah, what is the point? Answer me that, Batman. Oh, oh, okay. The point is, unfortunately, to further the neocon, the neoconservative agenda, and I, I went back and looked it all up, the project for the new American century, which, oh, by the way, uh, the Republican hero Marco Rubio is all in on. Thanks for having me on tonight. I mean, my argument is that we're actually on the verge of a new American century. So much of what's happening around the world is of such tremendous benefit. But there's some things we're going to have to do to get that right. It's within our reach, but we're going to have to change our laws and we're going to have to change our tax code and we're going to have to change a number of regulations that we have so that we can encourage innovation, investment, and expanding access to markets. So this is, uh, that's uh, his new American century, literally a neoconservative term and thinking. And then we had... Yeah, this is what got us in... This is what broke the country when we went to Iraq. Iraq That's is right. all part of that scheme. That, yes, and while we're at it, why don't we bring back the, the vampire, the zombie, Dick Cheney? I, I, where, why do they even let this guy... Everyone hates him. He shoots his friends in the face... Uh, he oh please come back on uh, he was on uh, uh, not meet the press uh, one of those uh, Sunday shows and he sits there and listen to the code that he threw out about uh, now remember uh, at least I, I think we're kind of in agreement here the President Obama had no idea what was going on he's not running this show this is the State Department, this is John Kerry, this is Skull and Bones, this is Yale, this is the, literally the same people, Victoria Noodleman's husband and his brother. These are the Project for the New American Century people. These are the neoconservatives. They, they want to um, go back to the plan they had when Bush was still president, which means get the, 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 the missiles back in Poland and start screwing with Putin again. But listen to the code that Cheney used. Uh, tell me what our options are today. Well, I think uh, I, I worry when we begin to address a crisis by the first thing we do is take options off the table. I don't think the administration should do that. Have this, they done that? In a sense, saying that no military. Um, he seems to operate that way most of the time. There are military options that don't involve putting troops on the ground in Crimea. We could go back and, and reinstate the ballistic missile defense program where it was taken out. It was originally going to go in Poland, Czech Republic. Obama took it out to appease Putin. We could uh, do training exercises. And Did you catch it? Oh, what, training exercises? To appease Putin. Oh, to appease Putin, yeah. This is, of course, a... Code for saying he's like Chamberlain, who yeah, appeased it's, it's, Hitler. Use the word appease is a yeah. problem. Yeah, that's basically he's saying, oh, he's he's letting Hitler take over. If you if you look at the, I, uh, I had it. I wrote a column just as you, using these kind of hot terms. 
in the I believe it was in the eighties or something, and it was it was when Rambus was a player. They had developed a uh, a high speed memory chip system that was based on computer networking protocols for the chip to communicate with within itself and within other chips. It was advanced. Sounds sexy. And uh, there was some bunch of lawsuits flying around, and I used the word, and this was a company run by Indians, and I used the word... Towelhead? <laughs> that would be a Sikh, by the way. Very few Indians have a towel on their head. Dothead? Uh, I used the word that they... I, something about... They had they, they had they had to pay a fee, or they had they had to pay a tribute. I used the word tribute to Intel, and the CEO got on the phone and he went on and on about we don't pay tribute to any. The, the term tribute itself had offended him so gravely. Wow, because it was like a some sort of a, a, an insult that was beyond me. I don't know what the, what it was, but apparently it was some religious thing or you only pay tribute. You, you, I don't know. All I know is that the guy was very upset about, and maybe an Indian or one Indian listener will tell me why the word tribute huh. is offensive. And apparently it is. Interesting. And I just thought it was the big, biggest kind of weirdness, but the appease is another one of these hot terms and it's used to sway the public. You're right. He used it for a reason. Yeah, if you, oh, yes. If you look at the uh, the book of knowledge, appeasement, uh, Neville Chamberlain, September 27th, 1938, uh, refusal to accept Nazi demands to cede border areas to Germany. Appeasement in the political context is a diplomatic policy of making political or material concessions to an enemy power in, avo- in order to avoid conflict. The term is most often applied to the foreign policy of British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain towards Nazi Germany between 37 and 39. And, of course, famously, that didn't work. And then, you know, the whole bunch of Jews died. That's basically the message Cheney is sending. Go in Poland, Czech Republic, Obama took it out to appease Putin. Appease we Putin. could uh, do training exercises. And By the way, I like how he says Crimea. Poland joined. <laughs> I got Crimea. Exercise. We can offer military assistance in terms of equipment, training, and so forth to the Ukrainians themselves. So There's there are some activation of military forces, are there not? Some activation. In terms of, of having forces come and, and, and make their appearance there. On our part. Yes. Um, I'm not and aware NATO. of any detail. NATO, I'm sure NATO will think about it. Right. All right. So uh, now here is uh, basically, he's, this is a good one. Uh, he's now going to say our president is weak. I think there's any, no question, but he believes he is weak. Uh, he has seen this so-called reset policy that's led to, to giving up on the... Um, uh, ballistic missile defenses, for example, we have uh, uh, created an image around the world, not just for the Russians, of, of weakness and indecisiveness. The Syrian situation is a classic. We've got all ready to do something, but a lot of the allies signed on at the last minute. Obama backed off. This guy is unbelievable. He basically wants to kill people. This is this this guy is the biggest a hole in the universe. Yeah, I, if I was near him, I would unplug his his pacemaker. I just ripped that thing out of his pocket. Die. This is really unbelievable. This guy's just sitting there. We've got to put the missiles back, put it back the way it was. He just wants war. He just wants war machinery for his war machine companies to go. And we, we don't even need the war, although that would be just jolly if we could have that. But let's, let's get ready for it at least. This guy, this guy is, he needs to be stopped. Oh, here's his steps now. Why here's, do they keep putting him on the air? Because he owns everybody. Somebody owns somebody. And here is uh, here are his final steps. This is the agenda of what we're going to do. You know, the guy, let's stop right there. 
the guy, as far as I can tell, looking at all the evidence that's been laid out, is a war criminal. Yes. He should not be on television. No, they should not give him the, the, the time of day. He shouldn't even be alive. This guy is is living on a battery. Uh, that's yeah, that makes you wonder. He's just... living on a battery pack. Ah, uh, this now yeah, for all of the. Every, I remember when everyone hated this guy. Now they put him on television, ask him his opinion about what we should do. Senior uh, statesman. Yes, <laughs> because friends of the No Agenda show, these are the guys running this. Um, scene, this play, this act. They are the ones running this show. Your president is running nothing. He sits with yats in the big brown leather chairs going blah, 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 blah. And you know, he, he gets to receive the guy with the pencil pants. This, this is so, this is frightening. And all they have to do is start, you know, so of course, ABC, what are they going to do? Oh, yeah, we'll uh, start talking about uh, the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, you watch. The missiles are going back in Poland. It's going to happen. Uh, and we're going to start this thing all over again. This was the first thing that Obama did. And it just like, screw that guy. Screw that president. We're taking over. And they are. All right. Here's, here's, the, here's the plan. He's going to tell you in one minute. Here's what's, here's what's going to happen. If you do not believe we should allow him, what are we prepared to do to stop him? Well, that's the key question. But and I, what's your answer? Then? And my answer is reinstate uh, the ballistic missile defense program in Poland. He cares a lot about that. Conduct uh, joint military exercises with our NATO friends close to the Russian border. Yeah, these are all great ideas. Why don't you go up to the bully and kick sand in his face? Yes. Uh, offer up uh, equipment and training to the Ukrainian military. Yeah, equipment and training and consultants. Take steps that will guarantee and convey the notion, especially to our friends in, in Europe, mm-hmm. that we keep our commitments. Uh, mm-hmm. So far, that's in doubt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's <laughs> as matter, much a matter of sending a strong what signal. We, what do you mean? We, we, yeah, we keep our commitments, but it's got, what's it got to do with, the, with Ukraine and Crimea? Uh, this? We're not, we have no commitments to them. No, he's talking about uh, NATO commitments. What's this got to do with NATO? Uh, is a NATO state under attack? No, no, no. I think what he's referring to is that we didn't go in and bomb uh, Syria. That that we we didn't keep our commitment, the red line, all that. I think that's what he's referring to. Everybody was ready. That's what he said. Everybody was ready. We were all ready to go. And was then, Syria attacking NATO? I don't remember that part of the story. No. But NATO was going to go in and attack Syria. NATO is a... Is a is a defensive organization. It's designed yeah, that's why NATO, to protect those nations in, in Western uh, Europe. Hello. What is that? What, do they hello. go attack people now? Uh, did, what, what did NATO do with Libya? Was Libya attacking one of the states? No. One of the Western uh, European states? No, but that's what NATO does. They go in and kill people. But this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> NATO is supposed to be a protective organization. Yeah, well, it protects. Yes, we prote- protect defend, citizens. Yeah, we like protect. We protect citizens who are. Who, like, it's like the police coming over no- to your house out of the blue, just beating the crap out of you, just just because. But the U.S. will keep its commitments to our our friends and allies. Uh, that's been in doubt for some time now because of the policies of the. Yeah, the Schwartz says no good. The administration and this becomes a crucial moment so you think those nations and those baltic nations why doesn't he just say it he this this guy i think is a racist of all the people i always defend i think this guy actually really hates obama 
Mainly because he's Cheney? black. Of course. Mainly because he's black. I truly believe. He's from Wyoming. Cheney. No offense to you. No, Ohio. no offense to, to Wyoming. The two people from Wyoming that yeah. listen to the show. I can tell. Cheney is just. You can just. That guy is a dick. Oh, that's his name. Should be nervous as I, to whether NATO and their members of the NATO right. lives will come to their defense. Yeah, we have a treaty obligation under Article Five of the NATO treaty. What attack against ones and attack at all against all and. Uh, we absolutely. Who's being I think, attacked? Nobody. But it's, it's just—he's a warmonger. Well, fine. If you go to Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia today, that our friends there recognize they've got Russian minority populations inside. They were under the control of the old Soviet Union for decades, and uh, now they're free and independent states. But they depend upon the United States for leadership and guaranteeing their. So, ah, leadership. That's what we're looking for: leadership by pointing our nuclear-tipped missiles in your direction. Who needs this? Ah, I am so sick of these people. And people in Europe, you should be sick of it too. And you should be sick of the the hijacking that has taken place in Ukraine. Do not buy into these lies. Now the president is like, oh, yes, it was a constitutional coup. He's still, no one has recognized the Syrian interim government or the Libyan interim government, anybody. But these guys within three days, oh, yeah, that's him. They're, that's the government. We recognize him. Oh, it's good to go. Just, I, I There's still an aspect of this that can't be overlooked, in my opinion. Go. Which is that this is still part of the, they've got Snowden, and yeah, we I have agree. to keep keep up the pressure. I I don't. I think it's beyond irksome that, Russia's just holding on to Snowden. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, ah, yeah, um, I think during the uh, the State of the Union, uh, the president was talking about pre-K, pre-kindergarten, and we have to get kids in. Yeah, get those kids started early. And I found this clip of uh, Kathleen Sebelius. As she is the uh, the slave master, I would say, um, because the, the, what these school, these schools, these kindergarten and pre kindergarten is child garden. It's like you know you put you plant the kids in the soil, and then you put bull crap in the soil, and then the kids soak it up, and they become little bull crap children. Uh, here she is explaining why and how we need to deal with our children. Well, I would echo everything that Arnie just said about the need to make this a national movement. Um, I think that there still um, needs to be a great understanding that what the president has put on the table is really a birth to five proposal. A birth to five proposal. So the minute you come out of your mom's uterus, here's the government. Uh, recognizing that you can't start at four-year-olds. Uh, we really need to start at birth. So there will be <laughs> an enhancement of home visiting, which we know... Home visiting! Hello! I'm from the government, here to check your uh, your newborn, make sure your kid is learning. ...is an evidence-based strategy that helps parents... Evidence-based! <laughs> ...the parents from the outset, helps the first and best teacher a child will ever have learn... Uh, important skills. It moves in. Learn important skills like pooping and, and walking and sucking your thumb. To then and early head start <laughs> and child care where a lot of parents uh, choose to have their children uh, as they go to work and make sure that those are. As you go to camp. Are quality based programs, but also with curriculum and social and emotional skills. Emotional skills and social skills. People. 
The government wants your children. They want to enslave your kids. Are we living in Sparta? The minute it pops out of your uterus, hey, knock, knock, home home visit. Hi, I'm from the government here to check on your newborn. Yeah, so that you, we got to take care of your newborn. Birth to five. So we can take, so we, so you can go to work. Don't be bossy. Come people aren't Up in very arms. upset about this sort of talk? <laughs> because, because only No Agenda Show plays this stuff. Where else are you going to get this uh, kind of great stuff? Birth to five. Uh, Free kindergarten is bullcrap. Kindergarten is the pre. It's the pre. Yeah. There was, you know, and that was a, a recent invention. It used to go to the first grade. There was no grade zero. We're not living in the world of computers. Oh, zero, one, two, three. It was one, first grade. That's the first grade. That's when you start. Oh, wait a minute. Let's start a little earlier. Okay, we'll do a little thing for some of the kids that want to, you know, they, they like to mix it up, throw blocks. Let's start do a kindergarten, and they can take naps there. Okay, we'll do that. Now pre-kindergarten. <laughs> All and right. then this bull crap, birth. <laughs> but serious home visits. Yeah, home visits. I don't want people showing up at my house. Yeah, where well, they're coming. Yes, we. The president has put You're it on the table. To have a home visit once every white week. And you know what's going to happen? Go- oh, I'm sorry. Government jobs, by the way, for the people who can't get work. They're going to take your children away. Yeah, that's what this is about. Don't yeah, worry. What child- better parents than child. You. Pro- yeah, the government's much better now. Of course. If you don't do that, and there is some proof to this, if we don't start educating your children while you're at the work camp, they will grow up to be like Sheila Jackson Lee, who says stuff like this. I thank the chairman very much, and and frankly, maybe I should offer a good thanks to the distinguished members of the majority, uh, the Republicans, my chairman, and others, for giving us an opportunity to have a deliberative constitutional discussion that reinforces the sanctity of this nation and how well it is that we have lasted some 400 years operating under a constitution that clearly defines... Let me see. How well it is? What is she talking about? 400 years. Uh, 400 years? Yeah, (laughs) apparently. The the, woman is an idiot. Apparently, well, no, she did not. She she wasn't on that birth to five program, so she was not educated properly. Apparently, she believes the Constitution was uh, has been in place for over 400 years. Well, I think a little math skills would be useful. Wow. So that would put it back in 1614, I guess. Um, we have... Uh, the pilgrims were digging out of a mud hut. Now, as you know, um, one of the things that I like to do uh, in my... Uh, well, as part of these, the uh, uh, what we do is read legislation. It's really... I really get off on it. I love it. And uh, one of the things that I spent a lot of time on uh, was the Affordable Care Act. And uh, uh, you probably saw the president uh, did this really unfunny video with uh, Zach Falakonifinis. Yeah, yeah, everyone saw it. Well, not everyone saw it, but uh, I first of all, it was severely edited. If, if you go back and you watch it and you listen just to the audio, you can hear the, the edits. 
they they put a lot of his gestures and stupid stuff. They did that later on, and of course that's why you have you know a big black background so you can uh, basically split the screen. Uh, I I really didn't think it was that funny. Uh, I didn't think it was funny at all. No, I was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, it was quite dumb. Uh, here's a little bit of Spokeshole Carney defending the interview, and then I want to uh, read you a little passage, uh, an article from the Affordable Care Act, and talk to you about what is really going on here, uh, while uh, the mainstream media is fawning over how fantastic this, my goodness, this is just so good. Of course, it's a last-ditch effort by the president. I've never heard that. What? That people were fawning all over this piece of crap. Oh, well, I didn't even, if you want it, I can, I, I, I can grab these clips. I'll play them up for you on Sunday. I, all, all the mainstream guys were all doing it. Oh, so funny. He, the, the youngins, the young people, they know, they love this stuff, the young people. Those young people love those funny or die clips, don't they? Will fair on all those people. A lot of Americans are going to sign up, and that uh, a lot of young Americans are going to sign up. We saw that in uh, earlier numbers, is that, that the, uh, the growth in enrollments is... Uh, substantial in the 18 to 34 age category uh, and we expect that to continue uh, bullshit the president's interview <laughs> with uh <laughs> i'm already laughing myself because it was so hilarious zach galifianakis on between two ferns was designed to reach uh, americans uh, where they live and you know they watch this show in uh, hey, hey do- stop 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 back that up he said did he say between two ferns or two fines ferns 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 did he say ferns i think so oh, we can listen again with uh zach galifianakis on between two ferns was designed Fines. he says fines fines fines, oh, fines. to reach uh, americans uh, where they live and you know they watch this show in uh, huge numbers i think the average video gets something like six million views uh i'm convinced we're going to break that average uh and in fact as, as i was walking out here i think we were close to three million uh and that's a good thing more importantly and that's a good thing oh what well, luckily the press is kind of buying into it uh, we have seen that the funny or die uh, is uh, at least again as I was walking out here was the uh, number one referral to healthcare.gov referral source. Uh, wow, he must actually have... that is so pathetic if true. <laughs> that it's the you number one referral it. source. Of course, it's pathetic. Late this morning, so uh, that's a good thing. So we're you know we're engaged in an effort to reach every. What'd you say? <laughs> I think what it says is that uh, gone are the days when uh, your broadcasts or yours or or yours uh, can reach everybody that we need to reach. And yeah, that's really smart to say, Jay. You know, uh, tell the press that they're losers. You bring in Zach Galifianakis and all your problems are solved. That's a good. That's a good quote. You bring in Zach Galifianakis and all your problems are solved. Well, I didn't say that. We're we're involved in a multifaceted effort to uh, reach communities out there of folks who can benefit from quality, affordable health insurance right. and avail themselves of the options that uh, they'll <sighs> okay. find. Yeah, blah, right. blah, blah. This guy's boring. Why don't right. you get, get, get your point? Okay, so here's my point. The reason why this is happening now is this is the last-ditch effort. There's two more days, I believe, until the, the open enrollment is over. And the only way the Affordable Care Act works is if there is enough young people who apparently all watch Funny or Die 
who then go and are referred uh, to the uh, the Gov site, and they go and sign up, and they get some insurance. Now, of course, we know they're nowhere near the numbers that they need to have. So there is Section 1342, the Risk Corridor Provision, which mandates any losses from the insurance company industry be covered up to 80% by taxpayers. This is a bailout of the insurance companies. And this is just a, what's going to happen is it's going to be a big ass check is going to be written. We have talked about this before on the show, the reinsurance clause. So the insurers are all reinsured by the government. That's your money. If they, if they, if um, if there's a shortfall in signups, there will be millions and millions of people, which is billions of dollars. The government is going to write a big check, and the and the president will go. Uh, look, I went on Funny or Die, and Michelle even went out there and tried to promote it, and Valerie Jarrett went out there to promote it. We did it. everything we could. We did everything we could. Sorry. We, there you go. It is a, it's a bailout. Good catch. It's a bailout. Can I ask you something? That's a, I think that's a good catch, but I have to ask you something. Have you ever made any sense to you about this open enrollment is over deadline? No, I have no idea what that means. Why don't you just have enrollment? Sign up. Sign up when you feel like it. Why is there a due date? Why is there oh, open enrollment? And when we were at, at Mevio, they had this. You know, at the end, you had November came around every year and it says, oh, it's, it's open enrollment. You can change your health care plan. Yeah. But why can't you just change your health care plan when you feel like it? No. Why is there a short 30-day period where you can jockey around? Because the, <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. It's, I'm sure it has something to do with you getting screwed. Absolutely. I just find it always to be, it's always annoying. Oh, you missed, oh, oh no, you missed the day open enrollment's closed. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <sighs> it's an artificial construct that's being used, it's being used to screw the public. Anyway, while, while we're on, you're talking about ABC and I, I get these clips. This is a little different, a little off topic. Something that's going to annoy you to no end. You know, I had this uh, thing I was trying to develop for the show that nobody was really warming up to, and you didn't like. And in fact, I don't even think you like entertainment anyway. About guess the movie. Uh, you know, if you have a guess the movie, I, I actually now have a, a a jingle. I was dropping guess the movie. What's the jingle? And now it's time for another episode of Guess That Movie. <laughs> Genius, I tell you. Genius. Brother. Genius. <laughs> Is that the thing going off the track? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Well, I got to guess, guess the TV show. Oh, I don't have a jingle for that. Well, it's okay. You can say it was Guess the Movie. But I, this is the kind of crap that's on ABC. And I want to play. There's two parts to this. It is the worst written garbage. I've, I think I've watched the show once before. And so I'm watching it just because there, everything is reruns this week. I don't know why. And I had the TV and I was looking for clips. And then it would, when I turned off the recorder, it would flip over to the TV show. And then I caught this. And this is the, the piece of this. You can try to guess. You never will. Uh, ABC Drama 1. Sex symbol, doting mom, businesswoman, chats when I... 
When we strip away our labels, strip away the ways in which we define ourselves, what's left? Who are we at the core? For Dallas, the answer was a mousy brunette with a limp. Hello? Sorry, we don't have any spare change. There you Honey, it's me. It's Mommy. Oh, my God. Mommy, no. You look like a New Yorker cartoon. I'm supposed to guess something here? No, I'm not expecting you to guess. This is ridiculous. But I, this show, this is, I'll tell you what the answer is. And then you can play the second clip, which is, you, you wonder, what are they, what are, what, how much, is there that much cocaine in Hollywood? <laughs> this is a sh- piece of crap show on ABC. Is that a rhetorical question? Yeah, it's a rhetorical <laughs> question. Sub purgatory. Okay. It's about these women and living in the suburbs or something. I don't know. And it's a, this annoying girl and her mom, and the annoying girl talks with a just a phoniest Valley Girl accent, and and and, and you end up with scenes like this. Mommy, no, you look so bad. I miss my old mommy. But your old mommy was only interested in pleasing men. Therefore, she was a monster, not a mommy. This is the new me. And my sweater may itch. My face may be patchy. My hair may be brittle. But at least I'm happy. You don't look happy. I'm miserable. But I guess that's just the price I pay for being myself. But you're not being yourself. Yourself goes to bed with a full face of makeup, then reapplies lip gloss in the middle of the night. Yourself got a splenectomy just to hit your goal weight. And sure, yourself cares about looks, but yourself also cares about other stuff. This is a show about my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife. Uh, hey, you know, I, I actually have to say I watched some really bad TV the other day. Yeah, real well, house, almost all TV. Well, Real Housewives of New York. Oh, I haven't yet to see that. I think I've oh, seen clips. You me. have to watch at least one episode because there's this one uh, Aviva. This is one housewife, and, and I don't I don't know what her deal is, but she has a uh, a fake leg. She has a prosthetic leg. <laughs> And the humor ensues. <laughs> I'm telling you. And she's and they're doing a fashion show, and she slips, and the leg comes off. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. It is. It, you can't get much lower. You just no, can't get much that, lower. That is borderline slapstick. It is, well, it's it's completely it is slapstick, slapstick, but it's it is slapstick. Scripted. That was meant to fall. Now, off. speaking of which, uh, there uh, uh, Fox TV has brought back the uh, television show Cosmos. Oh. I kn- tried watching that piece of crap. It's it's produced by the guy who did the uh, the Star Trek Enterprise uh, thing that they had to have a dream, make it a whole the whole series was a dream sequence. That guy's the director, and then Seth MacFarlane's one of the producers, and they're they're just it is I don't know maybe you liked it. I thought it was shallow, vapid, condescending, patronizing garbage. Well, I didn't see it. I did, however, catch Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is the host of Cosmos, who I guess he's a scientist, or maybe he's a a guy who runs a a telescope in New York. And he, if you want to know where the condescending crap comes from, it's from this guy, this interview on CNN, where he's promoting this show. We all know we live in a politically divided country, where almost anything is fair game for snipers on both sides. But science 
Shouldn't science be immune from politics? After all, it's called scientific fact for a reason. This is such a great, a great piece. Everything is about shut scientific up. Scientific fact. It's called, and, and so here, here's for a, a reason. In fact, here's a, we have a new meme. Uh, I should probably, uh, uh, we have, we have a new jingle for the new meme. I should probably play that real quick so we can do that. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, you will catch the meme uh, very... You can you can use the meme in, with different language, but the meme remains the same. And yet there are millions of climate deniers, evolution deniers, vaccine deniers out there. <laughs> Last year in a speech on wait, climate... Wait, 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 hold on a second. <laughs> a vaccine denier? There's no such thing as a vaccine. Is that what he talked... What does it mean, vaccine denier? Vaccine... Okay, go on. Never yeah, mind, you please. know what he we means. We know what we're talking yeah. about. Change. President Obama summed up the war on science this way. I don't have science. much. What the war on science? A war on science, John. War on science. Patience for anyone who denies that this challenge is real. We don't have time for a meeting of the flat Earth Society. Shut up already! It's science. Many Americans agree with them, but many other Americans see science as an attack an attack on their values or on their religion no. or on what they believe to be true. Or the fact that we just don't believe in your particular science. Or your bullcrap. My next guest, I am so excited he's here today. I'm so excited. He may just be the man who can end the war on science. <laughs> Sit down. What? get Martha, get me a beer. Oh, you, you have like two clips of the day. <laughs> At least he's got a better chance than you or I have. He's Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist and director of the Hayden Planetarium in New York. And tonight, Fox will be premiering his new series, Cosmos. Can you imagine a primetime network television show all about science? Imagine! Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing! Amazing! Neil, amazing! It's not, it's, uh, it's not just amazing. It's more than amazing. It's Five, four, three, two, one. Tyson, an astrophysicist and director of the Hayden Planetarium in New York. And tonight, Fox will be premiering his new series, Cosmos. Can you imagine a primetime network television imagine. show all about science? Pretty amazing. Neil, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thank I want to talk all about Cosmos in a moment, but I first want to ask you, do you think there is a war on science the way I'm describing? And if so, how do you think we can broker a peace? This is so great. This is, he sent him the questions beforehand, obviously. I'm going to ask you about the war on science, and here's the question, and I'm going to ask it exactly this way. Our civilization, our civilization is built on the innovations of scientists and technologists and engineers. Here comes the meme, John. Who have shaped everything that we so take for granted today. So some of the science deniers or science haters, these are people who are telling, telling that to you while they're on their... Mobile phone, okay? <laughs> They're saying, I don't like science. Science is better. Right. Oh, yeah, GPS just told us to go left. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so. The meme is, you don't get to fly on an airplane and deny global warming. You don't get to use a cell phone and deny man-made global warming. Because, well, it's science. Science! Science! This is going to come back many, many times. I don't, um, so it's time for people to sort of sit back 
and reassess what role science has actually played in our lives and, and, note and learn how to embrace that going forward because without it, we will just regress back into the cave. Ah, back to the cave without science. You don't so let me talk- get this straight. So one issue, there's one issue in, in, in all this. Let's face reality. There's one single issue, which is, and I want to point this out to people, global warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it, is political. There's, there's, no, there's no coincidence that the Democrats are on one side and the Republicans are on the other. It's very political. How can this have anything to do with science when it's transparently political? So you're going to take this political football and you're going to extrapolate everything you do based on your side of the argument. So if you're on the side that says this is a, looks like a hoax or it's a bunch of bullshit or the data's not in or you're making it up as you go along or you're lying to the public or whatever, you're going to take those people and then surround them with other bullcrap that's got nothing to do with this one political issue and then condemn them? This is nonsense. John. It's, it's madness. You don't get to cherry pick science. Embrace that going forward because without it, we will just regress back into the cave. You don't talk about the spherical Earth with NASA in it and then say, oh, now let's give equal time to the flat earthers. Plus, science is not there for you to cherry pick. It's not there for you to cherry pick. Science is science. It's not, it's not there to cherry pick. The whole thing is about cherry picking. <laughs> it is, that is science. I know. No, I, I said this once, and it, it's gotten and a lot of... The, who's, the, who's the gatekeeper of, of truth and, and, and exact... Science. I don't know. Science. Science. 97%. There is no, well, 97%. Who's the God that says, oh... 97% you know, of all scientists. 97% of all scientists. The science is in. Science is in. Science, science, science. You don't get the issue. It's people that hate the petroleum industry. They're the unscientific ones. Did you see Doubting down everybody who has anything? I have a question. No, shut down. So get out of here, denier. Meet a lot of internet play. I said the good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it. Science is true. Science equal true whether or not you believe in it. What? That's the good thing about science. Science? Yeah. Science is true. All right. I guess science you can. You, is true. Science is true. Shut up. Science is a process. You know, it's clear we should have started with the birth to five thing with you. You are not cherry picking science. It's true, whether you like it or not. Is that it's true whether or not you believe in it, all right? I guess you can you can decide whether or not believe in it, but that doesn't change the reality of an emergency. litigation attorneys who sue over science constantly. Scientific truth. So, for example, one of our one of the most stunning visuals is the is the cosmic calendar, where we take the 14, 13.8 billion year history of the universe, which is I'm sure is exactly the right number. Don't argue. Science, it's fact. You don't get to cherry pick the number. It's 13.8 billion. Okay. Somebody found out, figured out it was 13.9. And lay it onto a football field sized year at a glance calendar. And the value of that is we all know what a calendar is. We know how far into the year June is or July. We have Uh, a sense of that. uh, So if I say the Big Bang was January 1st and today is December 31st, when was our galaxy formed? uh, When was our, if today is January 31st, January 1st, wait, 
December 31st. Well, let's go back. Today's December I got to get it right now. Or July. We have a sense of that. So if I say the Big Bang was January 1st, and today is December 31st, when was our galaxy formed? When was our galaxy formed, John? There's an answer to this. Oh, let me think. Let's see. The galaxy was probably formed, I'm thinking... Let's see, there's how many, 13 billion, and probably in the last, I would say, last couple billion. I would say the galaxy would, my guess, Alex, yeah. would be the galaxy was formed on November 15th. 31st. When was our galaxy formed, the Milky Way? That was formed on March 15th. March 15th? March 15th. Science. I got the 15th right. <laughs> it's, I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> And then the, um, the there was something going on in Congress that had an all-night climate change session. Yeah. And, uh, gee, I forgot, to, I forgot to watch. But I did catch Harry Reid. Despite overwhelming scientific evidence, overwhelming. No overwhelming public opinion. Hey, stop doing that, because you can't hear what Harry Reid is saying. But despite overwhelming scientific evidence and overwhelming public opinion, climate change deniers still exist. There's lots of them. Yeah, they're in Congress. Half of them are, they're all Republicans. Now listen to what he says next. They exist in this country. They exist, I'm sorry to say, in this Congress. Yes. Does that tell you something, Harry Reid? That chosen representatives have a different view of this? But I guess, therefore, they should be shot or burned at the stake? In the House and in the Senate. Crazy. So I'm very grateful. Senator Schatz, Senator Whitehouse... And the chairman of that very important environment committee, Senator Boxer. <laughs> Senator Boxer. Why are the same people, the sci- oh, science, 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 the same science nuts, and I'll put it that way, all in on man-made global warming, and they're all anti-nuke. All of them. They're all anti-nuke. No, no, we can't have that. It'll blow up. There's going to be contamination. It's, we're all going to die. That seems very unscientific to me. Yep. It seems like they're flat earthers, those people. Yep. It seems as though they're like uh, religious denialists. I mean, that's they're, they're denying the obvious. Science. Is, this is the solution to their problem. They're denying actual science. Yeah. Nuclear science. No, that's too expensive and too dangerous. That's, uh, that's always the common retort. It's not. No, of course not. Uh, it's not too dangerous, not too expensive. But you know who's really to blame for this, don't you? Al Gore. No, come on. You, if you're Harry Reid, you know who's to blame? Obama. Uh, close. And many other senators who will join this climate change debate and presentation tonight for standing up against the deniers. Climate change is real. It's here. <laughs> and it's going to suck your cock. It's time to stop acting like those who ignore this crisis. For example, the oil baron Koch brothers. <laughs> there they are. Oh, here we go. <laughs> valid point of view. They don't. I'm sorry. Okay. It was the, it was the, the clip of the day. It was the Tourette's. I'm sorry. Astonishing. I'm sorry. Koch brothers. <laughs> Koch brothers. I hear that being used as the, they're the excuse for everything. I want uh, some Koch brothers money. I want yep. some Koch brothers money. Irish Koch brothers. I want some Koch brothers money. Yeah, the Koch brothers don't care about us. They don't even know about the show. Nobody who is even connected to these people even listen. <laughs> we have our own cadre of true, you know, true listeners to the show that will support the show. And we thank them profusely, but apparently it doesn't trickle up to these <laughs> to the mysterious, brothers. mythical 
Koch brothers. Well, we have we have the evil uh, Kraut brothers. Yeah, we do have the evil Kraut brothers, which is kind of cool. We don't have Soros either. We could use some Soros. We need money. some Soros money. We need some Bill Gates money. That'll be the day. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I guess the only what else? I got nothing else except we gotta, for, one little thing. Okay, we got to so go. Was, We're way was, overdue here. Are we? Well, it's like uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, five so more just minutes. Do this then, because there's I found another. It's not a meme, but I think it's something we can use. Jenny Jardin was oh. on the whatever her real name is was on the News Hour, mm-hmm. and they were all talking about um, how the social medias and all this other crap is changing the way we interact. Nobody talks to each other anymore, and they made the point. Of, and kids, they just text. They never talk on the phone. It's considered gauche, although I see kids talking on the phone all the time, and they texting too, but that's beside the point. So so they asked her, and this, I got two clips, but the one is the first one, which is Zenny and the perfect answer. I think she has had, and I'll deconstruct it after she, she says it, I think she's got the perfect answer for everything. Sense of where we are in this same question, the evolution. Well, you know, it's interesting. What if some of these problems that we're talking about now are just design limitations? What if the technology that comes uh, perhaps after we're gone allows Mm -hmm. us to communicate with more nuance and to drift in and out of that mindfulness and presence in the same kind of subtle and natural way that we all did before there were TV and phones? Okay. All right. So ask me anything, and I'm gonna, my answer is going to be, what if this problem we're discussing is just design limitations? Yes. Um, that, that's the answer. That's the answer to everything. <laughs> I know. I just want to try it out with you. Okay. What, is, uh, what happens? It, should, it, will it be a problem if uh, Crimea secedes and, uh, and wants to become a part of Russia? I think we can look at this problem differently. Why don't we look at it as if there was some political design limitations? <laughs> the political system, maybe in the future when we're all dead, it will be a different system. Design work. Design differently. Yes. By the way, she can't catch a break. At first she has she gets the breast cancer. Then her husband's or partner's arm gets amputated. Yeah, I don't know she's got a curse or that something. That sucks. Yeah, I know. But you get She's for hanging. She's actually a pretty sweet person. No, she, I've, I've met. She interviewed me once in L.A. Yeah. Um, she seemed very preoccupied, though. She seems to be thinking about stuff yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. But she is very sweet. But yeah, Jesus, they're, they're, they're sorry. Didn't mean to say yeah, that. She always got blasted when she was doing the boing boing all the time. Yeah. They had to cut off the comments because people just gave her crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right, whatever. And she, she's, she's almost like bot, it's almost like no it's almost like she went. I'll show you. <laughs> Don't be mean to me now. You can't be mean to me. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. She's a little bossy. Oh, all right, that's good. I'm right, done. This, not the second one. Well, the second one is a, okay. The second one, the guy comes up with a bunch of crap. That's he says this guy's worse. He's got and for one thing the giveaway. He's a big fat guy with a bald head and a bow tie. <laughs> okay, now that tells you right there. And he's what, an interviewer. He is being interviewed by uh, on the news hour. He's oh. one of the. He's sitting next to Jenny. Okay, got it. Q. As we think about the how far we've come in 25 years in the evolution of the technology and the evolution of our our social lives built around it, as as Catherine is suggesting, I think it's really important to recognize that the the. All of these technologies, the web, is really a work in progress. Mm-hmm. It is changing so much. And I think that our goal ought to be to make sure that it's changing in response to human needs. I hereby dub thee Sir Douchebag. 
Congratulations. <laughs> wow. Okay. Nice. It's just getting worse. Yeah. Well, there's never been a... T- it, is, it is the best of times and the worst of times, my friends. Best of the web and the worst of the web. That's right. Best and there's of a difference advertising and the worst of native advertising. And there's a difference between the web and the network. Network's not the web, but the web's not the network. The network, the network is can be the web, and the web can be the network, but the network cannot be both the web and the network without being the network. The network is the computer. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm sure we will have all kinds of things to talk about, like, I don't know, Lost Planes. Show 600. That's right. Sunday, 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 show 600. It's a lot of shows. It's a lot of talk, a lot of analysis, and a lot of love. How do we do it? (laughs) Uh, That is a question we shall answer. On Sunday. Coming to you from FEMA Region 6 here in Austin, Texas in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I've got a machine that makes racket. I'm John C. Dvorak. Talk to you on Sunday for Show 600. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.